Hello and welcome to another rip-roaring edition of Pod Like a Hole. Uh, this is your co-host, Mark. Uh, I am joined by uh, my fellow co-hosts and co-creators, Stephen uh, Sergeant Chambers. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. They could be listening to this at any time of the day. Let's not pigeonhole when and they listen to this. it's even a lie. It's 8.20 at night, so <laughs> good evening. <laughs> and my other co-host and uh, fellow co-conspirator, Eric... Anderson. I'm happy to be here today as the scholar of the fictional world of Year Zero. Or is it fiction? Oh, or is it? Because in our uh, previous book, we'll have a pre- uh, prequel episode to this nonsense that will uh, be coming out where Eric really goes uh, full Charlie Day on this thing. And he's got his Sean Hannity graphs and his yarn string. I mean, he's, uh, he's full on Pepe Silvero in this one. There's a lot to dig into. <laughs> But today, we actually have the pleasure of not just uh, hearing us talk, um, because who wants to just hear us talk all the time? Uh, we have a very special guest, um, one of our uh, fans, and he did not win a radio contest because we didn't hold one. <laughs> but um, uh, today we are joined by Brian Strand, and that is not my last name, uh, mashed up into a fake name. We actually do have a fourth person here. So, yeah. Brian, thank say you. Hello to the folks. Thank you for I, having I, me. I wouldn't put it past us to be pathetic enough to where we said we need to get a guest. And we couldn't <laughs> find anybody, so we combine all our names, pretend we're a fourth person. <laughs> That's not what we did tonight. I'm Brian Strand. <laughs> He's our Tony Clifton character. Well, honored. I'm definitely honored to be here. I've been a fan from day one, actually, from I think before you guys even had your first episode. Eric told me about the concept, and I uh, had a jealous rage. But I wasn't part of this. From well, there. speaking of that, I, I always like to put Eric on the spot when I can. So uh, Eric is your friend, and he didn't come to you before us, which is, sounds about right with him. Uh, how how long have you guys known each other? So uh, Eric and I go back to elementary school. First grade. First grade. First grade. Yeah. Oh, you meet Mark and I. Way uh, back. Yeah. Way to one up me. Yeah, first grade. Uh, then I moved away for a while. Then I came back, and and when I was back, I was all emo and. Uh, Afraid, afraid to talk to Brian because he was cool. Oh, get Shooting out of here. Hoops. Oh, jeez. Up out of the school, one a couple right. of guys. Get out of here. But, we, but we got back, you know. Yeah, we no. Back. We, uh, we got the band back together. We, we, Eric and I started hanging out. I actually remember going to your house when you live on Buffalo. Oh, right. And we went swimming and we put, well, actually we tried to make a film. Because oh, yeah. that's, uh, that's one of our pastimes. One of our pastimes. You guys uh, did. Now I, I remember when I first made your acquaintance is when Eric and I lived together. Yeah. You guys were filming another film as adults. Yeah. Yeah. And we did BFFs, that for a long time. That? BFFs. Yeah. No, actually, this was pre-BFFs when we when you guys lived together. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. Oh yeah. It was. It was. It was. It was junk. Was it not junk? Uh, junk was. That was while you were there, but I wasn't. I'd actually think you guys should put junk on the feed. Absolutely. Yeah. Junk Anyhow, was one of my favorite shorts. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, so we have so we have a history. Yeah, yeah. we have a history. But you know, <clears throat> it was nice to get when I when I did move back and I saw Brian around school. He did have a nine inch shirt on. I was like, all right, so he's still cool. Yes. <laughs> and these other assholes will talk to me. But he's still cool. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. Well, we uh, we're we're glad that you're joining us tonight, there, Brian. And uh, so tell us how uh, how did you get into Nine Inch Nails, or when did you hear about Nine Inch Nails? All right. So the first time I believe. It, it, okay, so I think a lot of your guys' stories is like, you know, that moment. Sure. For me, it's one of two times. Um, I, I was riding home from a soccer practice with one of my teammates' brothers, older brother. What year was, was this now? 
I don't remember. And this is why I don't know if this is the first time huh. or if I'd heard. So I'm, I'm thinking this was before eighth grade because it was pretty hate machine. He was okay. He was rocking on his stereo. And yeah. um, I, that, I believe, was the first time I heard it. And, I, and it was probably had like a hole. Um, sure. On the radio? If it just, wasn't. It was on, he had like I think a, he had a cassette tape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't that time, then it was a, it was a commercial I saw on MTV when they were doing a closer ad. Did it blow and, you away or were you just like, meh, that's pretty good. It's I like was, another alternative band. I was a huge Primus fan. Oh, okay. That's yeah. another thing Eric and I had sure, in common. Yeah, you're, you're in good company that, here. That was like, I owned all their albums. Like I had to collect everything. And then... Yeah. I, I had to, Let me interrupt. I'm yeah, sorry. I am sorry to say that we did not make it to the Primus and Macedon playing at the Thunder Valley Casino in Lincoln show two weeks ago. Mm. I looked at the set list. We didn't miss much. No, there's there's a lot of uh, that that new album where they talk about goblins for twenty minutes or an hour. But the night before, uh, Jello Biafra he came out oh. and did a thing. Uh, he did the holiday in Cambodia at the Greek Theater. Whoa, it would have killed on that song. Yeah, that baseline. So I'm done interrupting. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, so you know, you were asking what, what do I thought? What I thought? Yeah, I, it, it was the music video that they were promoting on MTV, and it, it, for closer. And I was like, "Holy crap, this is cool!" Yeah. Um, so from there, I, I got broken. I, that was the first album I owned. Well, how old are you right now? Like, let's, I'm let's thirty. Put, I'm the same. Well, I think we're okay, all exactly we're all the same. same. Okay. So, like, a lot so, of yeah. your guys' nostalgic stories, like this, me. is pretty much yeah. We were all kind of discovering Nine Inch Nails around the yeah. same time then. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. age. White guys, guys, our diversity. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, and, and I think what really struck a chord with me with them was, now Primus wasn't, like, they weren't filthy, they didn't no. say filthy words, they were just a really hard, kind of yeah. different bass-heavy band. Uh, with Nine Inch Nails, he scared me. Sure. I liked it. It was like like when someone like likes horror films. Like okay. I thought they were like horror music. Like I remember listening to Help Me in Hell, or Help Me Out in Hell, on my parents' speakers, and I just blasted it. I was home alone, and it was night, and there's like the footstep sounds at the end of the song. I was like, holy shit, what is this crap? <laughs> it just scared me, and I loved it. Interesting. Yeah, you know, for around that same time, because Tool started becoming popular, mm-hmm. That Tool was the band that scared me yeah. from their liner notes. I thought Nine Inch Nails was eh, just a bunch of long hairs and, you know, a lot of <laughs> angst, but yeah, I was, I was digging what they were selling. Yeah, Tool, Tool did have a... They, for a long time, managed to have an air of mystery to them, especially with their videos. And, uh, yeah, they kept that up for quite a while. Yeah. And then the air of mystery kind of just became, oh, they're kind of just jaded assholes that only want to put an album out every 15 years. So, <laughs> good for them. So, are you a musician? I am, Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I noticed on your Facebook profile, you're sitting behind a kit with the sticks, ready to just launch into a great rendition yeah. of... <laughs> Take me home tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, think we, I, I think, truth be told, I think I was actually playing the middle that Jimmy World that night. Oh, okay. <laughs> my brother's right. in a cover band, and I sat in. It was fun. So I, just for just to get your bona fides out of the way here, uh, it would be fair to say you're a musician. Yes. So talking about music, you'll actually be able to do better than what we do. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part when I listen to your guys' podcast and I'm screaming. At the, like, <laughs> I, I do a great job. 
Uh, that so, was not a harmonica. Yeah, that's yeah. No, there's a lot of that. I think that's a xylophone. You'll hear me say that later in this episode. <laughs> but club time, you got you got two musical projects. Yeah, right. One yeah. that plays shows every now and then. The other one's like your yeah. So solo thing. so I play drums in a band called The Silent Game. We're a band made up of four dads. Are they silent? No, but a lot of our titles actually have something to do with that, which is kind of weird. Um, they do a Nine Inch Nails cover. We do, yeah. So, um, kind I want to. <laughs> Never that. Uh, no, we do. Uh, well, here I'll give you the the website. Uh, you can check it out on ReverbNation.com slash The Silent Game. Okay, The Silent Game. Um, we'll be sure to link that in the notes. We, uh, yeah, we do. Um, Love is not enough as a cover. That's oh, a good one. So yeah. if you guys come out, as the a original, drummer, there's some good drums on that. There song. are some good. Yes, yeah. the intended album opener of With Teeth is what I understand. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Oh. I didn't want to go too far into that album. I know yeah, that's not yeah. what we're talking about, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry, that guys, was a peek behind the curtain. Brian. If you guys come out to a show, I'll uh, definitely make sure we play inferior it. opener. Yeah. To what they decided to use. Okay, um, okay, guys. We don't wanna yeah, we, we don't wanna put the audience through that. They've at this point they've already lived the that next episode experience. The next episode, which you will have heard by this time, <laughs> that's in the future of being on the feed, but already was recorded. There might be a good forty five minutes of just yelling about uh, all the love in the world. Uh, the the police left, no files were charged. <laughs> Oh, uh, man. That's, uh, Speaking of all the love in the world, you've got no love for me. Yeah, it, was, it was weird. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, sorry. And then I do, I do some electronic music, too, which yeah. actually is heavily influenced by this album because this came out, and then I got equipment to start doing it. And, uh, so Also on Reverb Nation of, yeah, called Re- The Reverb, North? ReverbNation.com slash The North S-A-C-T-O. Yeah. Very Good cool. Stuff. Yeah, Good we will absolutely make sure that we link that in the show notes. Uh, so that's great, Brian. Thank you. Um, so should we talk about what uh, the year of release? Well, the, let's no, you're getting ahead of yourselves. Oh, wait a second. getting ahead of yourselves. We've got a new segment. But you know what's funny? Getting ahead of yourselves is on the new Nine Inch Nails release that came out exactly. in our Nine Inch News segment. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, That's the, the ticker tape sound. <laughs> Yeah. The third, the third EP in that uh, trilogy came out, which uh, people on Reddit and by the way, sidebar, I posted a thing on Reddit and got a lot of nice feedback. It turns out that Reddit's not that bad of a place. I was kind of afraid of it. You should really it just... check out our uh, the underscore Donald. Great. Place. Oh yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of crossover there, but there might be. Actually, every once in a while, there's an angry Nine Nails fan that's conservative, just like, why won't Trent just shut up about the president and play? Um, <laughs> Dance monkey. Yeah. I threw your peanut shells on the floor. I couldn't imagine. It'd be very hard to be an ultra conservative fan of art. That's a whole other thing. But anyhow, uh, what was I saying about the. You were talking some, about the uh, got- news. We have a new album that dropped. Yeah. You went on Reddit. Why was I on Reddit? Because you posted stuff I posted on Reddit. Stuff, you, yeah. You, yeah. You're in charge of our marketing department. <laughs> yeah, the marketing department is posting to Facebook, Reddit, and Instagram and using hashtags. And I've actually gotten some good feedback. But uh, anyhow, I don't know what that has to do with the news. They finally put out that third... Oh, that's right. Jesus. Everybody on Reddit... He's doing this off the cuff, folks. Yeah. Just refers to it as the trilogy. Like these three Ps. They just call it the trilogy. Not and I find that amusing. I don't think they ever intended that. But uh, well, it's uh, I think the beta band already had a, a thing on the three EPs yeah. as you gave me shit for the other day. The two EPs and one LP. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, the, the <laughs> by new... one minute. <laughs> Bad Witch came out. Bad Witch did, come and out. Uh, we'll we'll be going into it in depth in 
approximately maybe the end of November, Eric scoffed me when I said we'd have this whole thing done this year. Uh, <laughs> well, we'll see. Can't rush, but, uh, can't rush good art. <laughs> everything might be in the can by the end of the year. Yeah. Right. But. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm working on a, a furious pace lately. Yeah. We'll get these out to you. But yeah, they put that, uh, that 30p out, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. We'll talk about it more in a, in a couple of months. But everybody here, just a yay or nay on the thing? Em- em- emphatic yay. Mm. Okay. When listened to as the third part in the trilogy altogether. But by itself. Is that the one you're reaching for when by you've itself? got the Jones hey, listening to the Midline yay. Okay. Some, some of the songs on there have already hit my pantheon of Best Nine Inch Nails songs. A couple of tracks. Got it. Eric is a very big Regency bias guy. We'll see about how that is in two months. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a yay. I don't have any nays for Nine Inch Nails on their full studio proper albums. Um, do I love it? No. Do I like it? Sure. Do I hate it? Not <laughs> no. No, I'd slot it. I I, I think I'd go uh, in order of the the three of them. It's my second favorite. So, mm-hmm. Ad Violence, Bad Witch, the first one. Probably Not the that. actual events. Yeah, I I'd, agree I'd, with I'd that. Yeah. Exactly. None of them are bad. They're all pretty good. Yep. There's, very, there's very high highs on each one. So. I really like what he's trying to do with the vocal range on this one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, definitely he's winking in someone's direction. Yeah. 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 I also think it's very messy, which ties back to if, some, if I were to tell someone uh, that just listened to Nine Inch Nails that for the first time, the Bad Witch EP. I'd say your next step maybe would be Year Zero because they're both kind of. Uh, I think Bad Witch is much more realized than Year Zero. Year Zero is, but they're both uh, the color outside the lines. Yeah, like I, I, I love the whole layer of noise production pastiche. I always have with Nine Inch Nails, uh, and there are two songs on it that I can honestly say I love. And yes, I tend to go into hyperbole with stuff I love, Steve. You're absolutely right. I, I do am, the same thing. It's just, I'm fucking guilty of that. But I, I I, say, I, real recognizes real. I will say that I cannot imagine six months from now me not still loving those two songs. So, the, which, would you give us some suspense? Shit Mirror and um, the uh, I'm Not From This World, those two. I cannot imagine I won't love those in six months from we'll, now. We'll find out at the end of the year when we record that episode. <laughs> yep. You know what two songs I hate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cut to, That's hey right. guys, when are we going to start our Limp Biscuit podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Season two. All so right. I think that's all the Nine Inch News for now. I'm sure that uh, in the last month or two, he's insulted some journalists or people posting on the internet. But uh, that's about it right now. Yeah. He's been feisty this year. Yeah. He's always been like that. And yeah. I mean, this is why I enjoy Trent Reznor, his brutal honesty when it comes to uh, his... Commentary on pop culture and politics. Mm-hmm. It's always been refreshing. Yeah. No, even, even I think at a certain point, uh, he did actually maybe scare me to an extent, like we were talking about earlier. And then eventually, I was like, oh, wait, he's just kind of a, a sad crank. I really get him. So, <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, uh, what was our other little I'm, segment that you want to introduce right. there, Stephen? What did you get while, when you posted on Reddit and you were so pleasantly surprised? Was that on some- Reddit? Uh, positive feedback? No, we got... Um, we actually That's got always the, a surprise. Oh, uh, yeah, the fan recommended... There's actually, yeah, as much as we talk about... We have not been able to figure out how to weaponize Twitter for this damn podcast. And I just don't, don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, but one of my buddies that's a... I know through A's baseball stuff... What? You're an A's fan? Um, 
<laughs> yeah, don't get me started. That's the next podcast. Yes. Uh, is uh, Sean Galvin. He's actually from the area. I think he's from the Grass Valley area. And he, had a, he, he was asking, hey, do you guys want some uh, suggestions for topics? And I said, yeah, why not? And I, I, didn't, I don't really know. You know, we have so much material already. I don't know if we can just devote entire episodes of stuff. But we'd like to propose a question to everyone that we will propose now. And we'll come back and discuss it in the next episode. Yeah. And if you have any answers, you can post on the Facebook. Or if you actually use the Twitter account, which there's like nine of you, feel free there. But he, he said uh, something along the lines of, what are the easiest Nine Inch Nails songs to listen to? And uh, by that, he has a good point that even with some of the ballads and stuff, there's still something's going to come crashing in the window mm-hmm. that usually kind of knocks you, you know, out of your, your pleasant right. moment. So he said, you know, when you, when you put on a song without concern of the aggro elements creeping in, like Hurt wouldn't be eligible because of the last 15 seconds. Sure. And it wouldn't be. So what are the most easy right. listening Nine Inch Nails songs? And the way I would describe this is like, what are five songs you can put on a mix for your mother? Right, or like <laughs> play in the background at a garden party. Yeah. So can we just say still and move on? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about this next time. So we'll, we'll uh, yeah. So people out there, what what are the least abrasive Night Nail songs that d- don't that don't have a moment of a uh, angst to them? Since since yes, Brian won't be able to participate when we actually talk about this. Let's have him throw out a few examples. And I'm actually trying to pull up an album. Here, Never mind. So. Let's move on. Yeah. He's not ready. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm totally not ready. You know, actually, I wanted to say something. You, you said still, and I just wanted to... Early ah. early on, you guys... This is. I'm just going to divert just for a moment. Early on, you we guys said... We don't about, do that here. You, no. <laughs> you guys wish that Nine Inch Nails would put out... Uh, not a Christmas album, but like a winter album. Sure, that was for me, guy. that I, yeah. is the winter album. And it always has been. I think it's because it came out in the winter, and I listened to it while driving up in the mountains one time, and it was all snowy. Yeah, but still? Yeah. Okay. But uh, that, said, that uh, album, the girl, always, uh, it's always been that winter album. The Girl the, uh, with the uh, Dragon Tattoo, for me, is the winter album. Oh. Might as well be. Cool. <laughs> it's got snow there. I was going to say, that's a visually, <laughs> sure. <laughs> All right. So uh, so we got that out of our system. Yes? Yeah. Yep, the little fan that feeds section. So what year did this come what out? What do we call that? What was the, fan oh, that feeds? the fan that feeds. Yeah. Yeah. We do puns here. Yeah. And song brand. giving me a glare. No, I like <laughs> a suggestion. I loved it. I loved it. It's, it's, in. it's sticking. It's, yeah. already in the, it's already in. Uh, it's already canon. So, uh, Mark, what, what was Trent up to in 2007? In 2007, Trent was on the road. Uh, not the uh, Cormac McCarthy version of On the Road or the Jack Kerouac version of On the Road. Uh, he was touring for With Teeth. And uh, instead of... Probably getting into God knows what. He's trying to live the clean and sober life. So he kept busy by tinkering away on the old lappy toppy. Um, and that meant by actually making music and um, seeing it in this fruition of Year Zero. So most of this record was done on the road in a bus, hotel room, just on a laptop. It was produced by uh, Trent and Atticus. Uh, but for the most part, he was just on on the road touring, and it didn't seem to be an, uh, a stop between from when they ended the uh, With Teeth uh, performance leg. They just moved right into the Year Zero era with no no stops, no gaps. Uh, so With Teeth was released in 2005, and they were on tour all throughout 2006, where they toured with... Uh, a variety of bands. They co-headlined with <clears throat> Queens of the Stone Age, 
they went on tour with Bauhaus. And so at this time in the live band, uh, there was Alessandro Cortini, uh, Aaron North, um, Josh Fries was drumming for him. They had um, a variety of different drummers, um, but they stuck with Josh Fries during this phase. Um, and uh, then on guitar was, oh, I already said Aaron North, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. And then, of course, TR. And Jordy White. Sorry, can't forget Jordy White. And uh, speaking of Jordy White, I don't know how that, that all shook up, shook up, but that just seemed to go away. Uh, if you're not refer, it's the whole Jack Off Jill controversy. Mm-hmm. I have to do my research to see how that ended, but I don't know. I think he did the uh, I'm going to go away to find myself thing. Yeah. And all his friends said, okay, well, we're not working with you anymore for now. Kind of like what Joshua Hame did after he kicked that reporter in the face. Um, at that K-Rock right. show. Yeah, he was able to blame that on being possessed by the spirit of rock and roll more. <laughs> Even it. though, as much as I love that guy's music, and I do, Me too. he's always been kind of a prick. Oh, yeah. I was not surprised at all. Yeah, yeah, I think he's rock and roll's version of Vince Vaughn, myself. Yeah, well, uh, Problematic at times, how tall, but still. How tall are you? 6'2". Six 6'2", two. Six two. okay, that's fine. Anybody over the height of 6'3 is an asshole. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I wasn't shocked. <laughs> I have some... I, I, I heard, I heard a, a, a little... Insider gossip on the Jordy White thing that we'll have to talk about off off recording. Oh we'll tell wow! Us about it. <laughs> okay, we don't have our uh, lawyers on, on right, retainer right. right now, so yeah. we don't want any libel suits. But anyway, so that was 2007. This album came out uh, with a very different type of promotional uh, release schedule. Um, it also came out very soon after the last Nine Inch Nails album. Yeah, and that's like one of the first times. I mean, I sure sounds like it, doesn't it? Huh, sounds man. rushed. <laughs> Um, well, I don't know. It sounds unfinished. (laughs) So before we get into that whole where tables get flipped and fingers get pointed, um, yeah, Year Zero, uh, conceptually, Ah! is a full-on narrative. Uh, In our previous prequel episode, Eric breaks down that narrative, um, and this is like kid in a candy store for for Eric. Oh, Uh, yeah. Having a concept record where it's dystopian sci-fi, um, you know, that's right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, how could it be rushed? There's years of story planning and world building that went into the song, and all the songs referenced. It's super deep and layered. I mean, how could you I even... think he was talking musically, though. Uh-huh. I don't know about... The, I think it actually... The story kind of seems like somebody came up with it on the back of a tour bus in between stops. I, I don't know. Hey, Mark, a, a giant you... hand that comes down from the sky. I think somebody was playing Zelda. No, and, uh, he wrote that when he wrote The Wretched. That's true. That was part the of the big hand comes down to push. It's you down. the same. So all the Nine Inch Nails songs are connected. It's the same hand. There you go. This is uh, like the Marvel universe of Nine Inch Nails songs. It's the uh, the NCU. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Hey, Mark, did you try and get married this year? Or? He did not. Oh, no, it was 2009. <laughs> You're jumping the gun. Change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, doing uh, real time fact checking. Right. Um, so this album was released 2007, April 17th. Um, the first single came out March of 2017, and we'll get into what that first single was. So that's where Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor were. They were bounding across the United States and the globe, uh, touring, and then while Trent was uh, where he probably used to spend time drinking, and he was actually doing something a little bit more productive with his time and creating art. Um, so that's where he was. Well, I, shouldn't we mention the basically the promotional avenue they took for this album? Well, I think, well, sure, eventually, but oh, well, I think I we should talk about where we were in 2007. Oh, okay. Where were you in 2007? 
I think we were at the height of our powers. We were all hanging out, just like the last. But we were all hanging out, but we mercifully, I didn't. Uh, I was free from Eric's grasp. We did That's not right. live together. No, anymore. I was living with my soon-to-be wife Heather because we got married this this year. We got married this year in July. Uh, so living with her, but you know, hanging out, having a good time. Uh, I think Brian and I were actually that was the year we were filming BFFs. So 2007. Mm, that's when we started it. Yeah. 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 yeah, which was our online web web series that you can't find it. It's on it's on MySpace. <laughs> Is MySpace still up? <laughs> Bury that thing. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Stephen? Where were you? Were you in San Francisco at this time? No, at this time, actually, I had to do some fact checking today, which means texting people and being like, "Did we live together at this time?" Yeah. Uh, I think at this time I was living at the house on Q and Twenty Third with Brett Dietz. Ah, um, yes. Yeah. That was a good house. No, I thought you were living with Trent Casparis. That was after Trent. Trent okay. and I lived at 20th and F. That was like 2006. Yeah. Yeah. And then I moved in with Brett. And then Brett moved out to go to Africa to do Air Force stuff. And, uh... Secret mission. Yeah. MI6 stuff. And then somebody moved in, and then I did move to San Francisco. But that house on Q and 23, that was a good house. It had a good, a good porch that extended across the whole front of the house, which awesome. is something I like. Um, I do remember that. Yeah. House. Living in Midtown. And uh, just uh, working, working at the at the blueprint shop, and uh, that was my life. Yeah, I remember. Brian? I remember a a party at that house that I went to, and people were playing like croquet on the lawn in front. It was a good time. Yeah, that was there was fun. somebody out there that I never saw before and never saw again. And he was he a ghost? He, he <laughs> might have been. <laughs> he taught me. He'll make an appearance in our next episode. <laughs> he taught me. A, uh, he taught me a, a drink, and, he, and it was terrible. But he he made one for me, and it was he got a bottle of oh it was something that did not match it. I was like Modelo, drank half of it, and then jo- dropped Johnny Walker Black a shot oh, of that into God. the bottle God. and said, "It's the best drink you'll ever have." It wasn't. <laughs> So, listeners, that's another challenge for you. What was the name of that drink that Eric had? Oh, that, the, the, the Negra, Negra... Watch yourself. Negra Modelo Walker Black. Because, well, Negra and Black. Anyways. Listen, just because... Well, that was Eric's uh, last appearance on the show. Uh, about- he's going to get full Chris Hardwick pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mind seeing him go away. That was fun. Can't stand Chris Hardwick. He's the... Uh, He's the poor man's version of Ryan Seacrest. Which, yeah. What does that say for you? <laughs> okay. And Brian, where were you in 2007? So I had just gotten married <coughs> to my high school sweetheart. Uh, we had bought a house together, and I just started working with Verizon's marketing department. Nice. In the beginning of that year. So uh, yeah, a lot of big changes in my life. Did you have any Nine Inch Nails songs in your wedding? I don't think I did. Do you remember your wedding? <laughs> I do. Remember my wedding. Yeah. None no, of us no, had I a Nine Nails no. song in our wedding, now that I think uh, of it. It was on the playlist, but uh, as I mentioned before, Andrew fucked it up, and he actually texted me since that last episode apologizing again, <laughs> and I reminded him it wasn't that big of a deal. What song but, was it? I don't remember. Help Me, I'm in Hell. There I you did, go. I did have a... <laughs> I had a Smashing Pumpkin song. Happiness in and Slavery. <laughs> yeah. But uh, which, I, had a, I had a Smashing Pumpkin song. Which, which Smashing track? Pumpkin song? I don't know what it's called, but the first track on Melancholy, just the piano song. Tonight, Tonight? Oh, the, that one The song. one that leads into Tonight. Yeah, that, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good, that's a good yeah. little piece. It was actually like when the, what the hell are the people, everybody coming in? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I did, I did a, a classical version of David Bowie's Heroes for that. Nice. That's right. Yeah, yeah we did a classical version of uh, uh, Plain Song. 
And then you had the, the final countdown play. Yes, when the gentleman yeah. came out. It was the final countdown, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I had a... We didn't have a lot of music at ours, but we did... We had, we had a live performance of uh, Bob Dylan's... Uh, oh, God, what is that song? You know, it's a good thing my wife didn't listen to this damn Steve song. Steve had Bob Dylan play at his... No, his what wedding. was it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Bobby Z. What's that Bob Dylan song that I played at my wedding? It was played live. The Something My Love? Uh, Knock on Heaven's Door. To Make You Feel My Love. Anyhow, my wife never listened to this. And then, uh, and then I was really proud at the last minute we, we had our entrance song to the, the lobby be a California Stars by Wilco. And that's just a great song. There you go. Steve's proud of himself been all, great all these years later. Love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so that's where we were, and that's how we all got married. Um, Not at the same time, though. No. No. I thought it was a... Although I'd like for us to all renew our vows at the same time on the podcast. Sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only way we can get our wives on here. Yeah. All right. So that is where we were in 2007. Um, but Eric, what was happening in the world of pop culture in 2007? Right. Guys, 2007 was a wild year. Things were just starting to go viral. Uh, I mean, obviously, YouTube had been around. There was YouTube videos being passed around. But this was clearly becoming American or world culture uh, at this point. Um, you know, Don't Tase Me Bro was the big viral video of the year. That was that long ago? That's right. If you want to go back to oh my god to that. Um, uh, let's see. What was that for? Was that, that was somebody. It was a viral video of somebody. Was he in a courtroom? He was asking. No, he was asking John Kerry. A question, like, oh, a, like right. a like a ridiculous. That's what I thought. Question. Yeah, yeah, and then and then the security came up and he's like, "Don't tase me, bro." And then I got 2007, but yeah. like this is Bush's last year, though. Why? Why? I mean, Kerry. That, why is he in the news? Wouldn't that? Oh, because that was 2004 that he ran. Good question. I have no idea. Huh. So maybe maybe the video was taken way back then and it was only now going viral. Listen, YouTube moved a lot slower back then. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> by uh, by carrier yeah. pigeon. The Boston Red Sox won the World Series against the Colorado Rockies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that the second? That was the second. That was the second time. one. The second yeah. time. Yeah. The Colts have been terrible. They've been in, ever since that first one. There's a microphone. Why aren't you talking <laughs> to that black thing? <laughs> ever, ever since that <laughs> first <Al-Hoos>. one. <laughs> Red Sox fans are the absolute worst. That's all. Uh, the Colts won the Super Bowl, and the Spurs won the NBA championship. Um, Mighty Ducks won the Stanley Cup. Good for them. Was that when Emilio was the coach? That's right, and the the and Foggy Nelson from the Daredevil show was on the was one of the Bash Brothers on the Mighty Ducks. The Bash Brothers. Remember the Bash Brothers? It was the two big guys. I remember the Bash Brothers. Conseco yeah, Conseco and McGuire. McGuire yeah. and Conseco have the, an attorney to call. The apparently, something brothers on on Mighty Ducks it was the two big guys, and they would go around smashing people. Sure. The was, Smash Brothers. And one of them was Fo- <laughs> and one, Super Smash Brothers. And one of them was Foggy Nelson. And I also saw uh, we're in this together live five times. Okay, um, so sex symbols of the, of this year, uh, guys. They did it again. They got all sexist again. They didn't put any of the guys in here. We'll, we'll come up with some of our own. That's fine. Yeah. But uh, uh, Matt Damon, um, uh, Kate Beckinsale, uh, Jessica Biel, Mark uh, Ruffalo. Yeah, we're getting there. Um, Gal Gadot, what was she doing back then? Or what? Gal Gadot, what was she doing back then? David Hyde Pierce. There's no way. 2007. No way. No, but she was a model, I think, or something. But or I no, thought she, she was, was in like the Israeli a, army. Yeah, at she this was point. like, yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. 
Uh, a lot Avril. of models get found in the Israeli army. <laughs> Fun fact. Avril Lavigne, Eva Mendes. A- Avril Lavigne is perpetually, like, looks 12. Right. Am I right? I haven't seen her in 12 years. Am I right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Mark, pull your pants back. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that, those were some sex symbols. Take the boy out of Loomis. <laughs> uh, Time Magazine's Person of the Year, Vladimir Putin. Oh, uh, oh boy! Uh, Sorry, damn that. I mean, man of the year. Am yeah. I right? I hope you could hear the face. Well, yeah, we, we don't have a choice anymore. In a few years, he's going to be man every year. He's going to be man of the year again. Uh, okay, so there is um, uh, some mildly in- entertaining. Uh, That's the worst uh, <laughs> sex symbols list we've ever gotten. I know. Well, yeah, yeah. I call fake news on this. Lost, lost Evangeline Lilly was in there. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Lost. Yeah, it was I agree with that. Prime lost she was time. in that one uh, live links. Uh, I remember seeing her on that those little commercials before she was on Lost. Well, let's pick a man from Lost then. Who was the guy on Lost that was all handsome? Are you kidding me? Matthew Fox, baby. No, the bald one. The bald one. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, Terry O'Quinn. There you go. There you go. <laughs> the old stepfather himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, all right. Um, uh, toasters killed 87 times more people than sharks. And, but not as many as guns, I bet. That's probably true. That's probably <laughs> very true. Um, all right. Uh, there was, oh, there was a crazy one here. Just a second here. Just wait for it. We lost. Okay, so yeah. Um, like reality celebrities, pop celebrities are kind of going crazy. Britney Spears shaved off her, her hair. Lindsay Lohan went to rehab three times. Anna Nicole Smith died. Um... So that's just kind of showing you what's happening in uh, some of the, like, pop... Oh, this is funny. Children in Massachusetts thought they were going to watch the animated film Megamind, but the theater messed up and showed them that... uh, They showed them The Hills Have Eyes 2, and the opening scene is a naked, chained woman giving birth to a deformed baby. Oh, God. Are we sure that's not the opening to Megamind? Just just got to check. Yeah, yeah, the baby's voiced by David Cross. Uh, I thought it was Will Ferrell. Yeah, no. That, gotcha. Will Ferrell, yeah. Bingo. What? Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's 2007. That's, yeah. They're not, not, not a terrible lot was going on here. Um, New Mexico up. is the last state. This will be the last one. New Mexico holding strong, the last state that still uh, officially believes Pluto is a planet in 2007. Holding strong. Yeah. It's uh, That's the most boring year we've done. I know. What a hill to die on, though, for New Mexico. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, so 2007. Wait a obviously... minute. You didn't do the movies. The movies? Pick your phone back up. Thank you. Well, You're right. Well, oh, yeah, the movies. This is important. Yeah, the, no, it is. The, the so big movies. movies. Uh, also, bad. How many episodes have we done, Eric? Bad year for movies, guys. Bad year for co-hosts yeah, to forget what they're supposed year. to be doing. Movie number 10, Nine Inch Nails related because of the trailer, 300. Oh, uh, trailer. oh yeah. You know, I, I've i never watched that movie. No, I. But when I saw that trailer, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. And then I thought, that's enough. That's all I need. Yeah. yeah. I don't need to watch the rest of this. Uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, Speaking of David Cross. Yeah. <laughs> National Treasure, Book of Secrets. Never uh, saw any National geez. Treasure. This movies. might be the best movie on here. I Born think Mark Ultimatum. would like those movies. Born Ultimatum was seven. That might be the best movie on this list. Those are my favorite. I can't pick out no, the Born. I, can't. I, I, I so yeah. I watch all the Born movies, but I can't pick them out of. The I've been thinking line. about this. The Born movies. I've seen two of them. 
I can't tell the difference between mm-hmm. them. But since I went back and watched all of the Mission Impossible movies again, and I have an affinity for the modern Bond movies, should I go and watch the rest of the Bourne movies or wouldn't hurt? I've seen them all and. and... It is, I'm not. I'm not very into them. They're fine. They're, they're. They're. Yeah. They're not bad. But they're. They're not, no John Wick. But they're not distinctive. They're right. no John Wick. Right. No sir. Um, the rest of the movies are like a like Spider Man Three, Shrek the Third. We saw Spider Man Three together, didn't we? Uh, didn't we make that mistake? No, together? I didn't watch it till video. Oh no, we saw X Three together. Yeah, and then I had even worse. Yeah, yeah, and I and, and my wife wanted to see it with me, so I pretended like I didn't see it. I saw it again yeah. with her. She doesn't listen to the show, so I'm good. Um, Transformers, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Oh, the whole Transformers thing. Yeah. Those movies are terrible. Yeah, yeah. so terrible, terrible. Um, Wait, which Pirates was that? The, Part three. Yeah. World's End. World End. World End. Now, Mark and I are Pirates fans. doesn't make an ounce. Of, that movie makes no sense. It that doesn't. Movie, that movie has... Yeah, that None movie, of those movies do, but they're a, they're a fine way to... See the last pet. one? No. It was fine. It was another. Yeah, they're a fine <laughs> way to pass it. Johnny time. Depp, I know, is in the barrel right now, but <laughs> whatever, man. I'll still watch him. <laughs> He's your next defend defending. I know, after, man. After after you get Tom Cruise cleared, after you clear, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm Johnny. I think Johnny Depp's harder to defend than Tom Cruise. Yeah, like Tom Cruise's uh, issues are nebulous to an extent that we don't have any hard evidence that he's he's not. He hasn't gone to court for beating anybody. All right, right. right. His church is weird. Yeah. yeah, a lot of churches are weird. For example, I know plenty of evangelical Christians, and I'll bring them up when we talk about a song on this album. You know, yeah, I still sure. tolerate them. So, be quiet here, Siri. So, Siri, you know, really Tom, we can handle. But yeah, Johnny Depp, you know, he's just kind of, he's always drunk and just hitting people and owing them money. It's just not a good look anymore. <laughs> it's not cute. You don't yeah. do that when you're fifty. Yeah. Um, TV shows also not great. Um, American Idol, Dancing with the Stars, Desperate Housewives. It's your top three. What else do I have to say? I mean, there's like, there's literally nothing on here I would watch. There's nothing on there. Grey's Anatomy, House. Without a trace, I would not watch any of this. I've never watched a full episode of any of those. Yeah, um, number one hits was "Irreplaceable" by Beyonce. Um, yeah. What goes around by Timberlake? Okay, Timberlake, Timberlake. Yeah, Timber. I almost said Timberlake. He's usually reliable, but that most recent album he put out, I didn't I, even try it. I gave a spin to. It's utter nonsense. Nelly Furtado, um, say it right. Ludacris, glamorous. And the number one song, it says it up here, was... Survivalism. Something by Soldier Boy by Soldier Boy. So, Superman? Mm, Probably. It was Crank That Soldier Boy by Soldier Boy Tell Him. Yep. That was... <laughs> ah, yes. The voice of a generation. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. That's 2007. I got it all that time. Nice job. Mark, you're yeah. usually, you usually listen to the newer music more than us. It's true. Did you listen to the Beyonce Jay-Z album? I did. Was it good? I sign off on it. Uh, okay. You should check out the song Ape Shit. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, I actually do enjoy the Carters album. It's not amazing. It's not going to set your world on fire, but it's certainly better than anything that Drake is putting out. Ah. I'm not a Drake. This is not a Drake household. I was not aware that you had an animosity towards Drake. He's fine. I mean, he seems like a pretty entertaining individual, but all of his songs sound the same. So when there was that beef recently between him and who was it? Uh, oh, somebody, yeah. Somebody called him out for having a kid that nobody knew about? Uh, well, is that the one where they showed, like, that particular Push artist? a T. Push a T. It was Push with, a T. And it had that Drake with blackface? Yeah. Yeah. Not a good look. I heard that Push a T album was good. Okay. I have not checked that one out. Yeah. Kanye West Push produced it. probably the best thing to come out of. J. Cole have heard Kanye. some good things, but I'm still on the Kendrick Lamar train. I wanted to bring up... Uh, Kanye West producing that album though because 
Year Zero, I referred to as Yeezus Zero due to its production, and uh, Eric did not like that at all. Yeah, not one bit. But there's not a single hot track like Bound 2 on Year Zero, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Blood on the Leaves? Mwah! The chef's kiss. Uh, Eric's face right now is something. <laughs> all right. Oh, moving right along. <laughs> You know, in a previous episode, we were saying how Kanye West was on timeout. Uh, he's still on timeout, but uh, the statute of limitations of anything before he said that is still fair game. Everything post of what he said, meh, you can die. His, al- his last album was garbage. That's right, garbage. Anyhow, so we've lightened the mood. <laughs> thanks for taking us down the... Uh, thanks for letting us board the Top 40 train there. <laughs> I think the majority of our listeners, this might be like a safe haven where it's the one place they could go without having to listen to people talk about anything Cardassian-related. I am sorry if we let you down. Yep. You certainly let me down. All right, so we're going to take a quick little break, and then when we come back, we are going to get into uh, the album Year Zero. Uh, so we will be... Right back. Okay, so before we get into the songs here, the lead up to year zero was really involved. Um, Trent and his artist collaborator, Rob Sheridan, worked with um, the, uh, like a game studio called, what are they called? 42. 42, right. Something like that, yeah. 42 Entertainment. 42 Entertainment. And they created the, was it, uh, Augmented Reality Game. Um, to tie into all their promotional material. And, and what it was was on various album shirts and uh, posters and artwork, there would be hidden messages that some, you know, some fans would notice. Um, they'd look them up online and they'd find these weird blogs or these weird websites that all tied directly into the storyline that they had been writing for Year Zero, which I talked about on the bonus episode. Um, we're not going to go... I mean, I'll talk about the story when we talk about the songs a little bit. We're not going to get into that too much. But, I mean, it must have been the year before the album came out. There were all these little clues sprinkled around, and it was a game that fans could actually play where they would find clues on the websites, and it would kind of tell them places to go. Um, So much so where they would get, um, like, uh, thumb drives that had artwork and early release songs on it and um, free tickets to a secret show that Nine Inch Nails played in Chicago or something. Um, Oh, oh, you're right, L.A. And uh, that, like, climaxed with, um, uh, like, cops running in and charging the thing. And just, uh, like, basically, it, it, augmented reality game is Which basically... How, how it, dangerous is that, by the yeah. way? Like, SWAT yeah. comes running. Yeah, yeah seriously. <laughs> Especially nowadays. But the, um, the idea was that everybody that was looking for hints was playing this game, this augmented reality game, which is bas- it's basically like a tabletop D&D-type game, except the storyline can be threaded through everybody's reality. So it, you can live your life while you're also playing the game. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of an interesting concept. Um, and anyways, that's how it all climaxes at that secret show. Uh, and the ideas behind the album were so big that, um, that they had, you know, for a while almost had an HBO deal there, um, where 
a script was written, um, but it was never actually uh, picked up. So, anyways, uh, that's the kind of the promotional one. Did I get about cover that about right? That's about yeah. right. Yeah, you went in, in, in the, we'll talk a little bit about the stories as we talk through the songs to an extent, and I'll leave that up to Eric mainly. But yeah, he uh, recorded a pretty good dissertation and all this stuff that ties into the promotional materials. Uh, at the time, I had a vague idea of all this stuff going on, but yeah. I wasn't really plugged into it. But if this, if they would have been doing this, like around the turn of the century, yeah, or the fragile, I would have been injecting this stuff. If into they my did veins. this now, I would, I would actually get that probably really too. Into, I would yeah. probably get really into it right now. I actually did some of the reality game stuff. Um, oh, yeah. This kind of came on the heels of Lost doing very similar stuff. Was it That's like playing right. Pokemon That's Go? Right. Like, how did you? No, it was. I don't know where I saw the first clue, but maybe it was when I got the CD and, and it turns white and it has yeah. There's a there's a mm-hmm. website there and it takes you in and. And you can kind of get lost jumping from one to the next. Um, but it kind of made you feel like a hacker a little bit. That's fun. So, like, you'd click one spot on the screen, all of a sudden it would erase what was there. And then I do remember around. that. Yeah, there were little cool things like that. And and Lost did a very similar alternative reality game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess my Pokemon Go, I guess that the technology wouldn't have been there yet. No, it wasn't But not, if they tried it now, I could imagine with, with a, uh, what are those Q readers? What are those called? What are those damn readers called? I, I, well, yeah, the QR codes. QR um, code. Yeah, I can imagine something like that with smartphones if they try to do this today. Yeah, like you go into a certain area. I mean, the one thing that I think that you missed was uh, a lot of times these songs were leaked um, on USB flash drives. They would either be found at the concert venues during that time. I said that, Mark. You did say that. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but they would actually be handed to fans and then uploaded and everything like that. Uh-huh. Um, and the. Right when the record was about to be released, did you mention that on? Oh your... no, the big leak. No, I didn't. I didn't mention that one. Well, the people got like a cell phone with only a certain number of minutes. Oh, okay. remember that part? Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, yeah. That's how they found out about the concert. Yeah. So, uh, if you were in the LA area, um, you were. If you went to this, there was clues that led you to this to actually get. There was a... like a rallying point, and you showed up, and you got a bag, and. It... And it had like gear that was yep. matching the resistance, yep. and then everybody got this phone. And, and it only had a certain a number of minutes. Days, they would receive a call. Exactly, yeah, and it course. said like when they got a call, um, it said you had to go to this location. Uh, like a pretty stern voice was saying, like, "Are you over the age of 18? Um, blah, and just kind of stayed on script a little bit um, and said, "Okay, meet the resistance here at this time." And there's it's on YouTube, so you can watch this. Yeah. Um, so they go to this abandoned warehouse, and they're like funneled in, and then they have to go down like a big freight service elevator, and then right at the bottom of the service elevator is Nine Inch Nails, and they play like two songs, and um, which I think one of them was the beginning is the end, and I can't, maybe I, survivalism. I remember, yeah, I do remember seeing beginning of the end. And then, like during that, like SWAT comes and breaks in and breaks up the show, and yeah, like. like simulated flashbang yeah it was like a big deal right yeah Yeah. um and that ties into one of the plot points in the year zero story also sure yeah yeah and so uh, and all of that promotional material and obviously looked super expensive to set up all these websites and set these flash drives everywhere and hoping that someone would find them and then leaking like songs to radio stations i mean it was creating this whole world um, trying to get people excited about the record and have it be an experience rather than just a just a single solitary piece of music. 
Um, so I have to give him credit for that. I mean, that's not really been done. I can't think of any other band that has put this much time and attention into a promote. But all of this was funded right out of Trent Reznor's pocket without even Interscope or Universal mm-hmm. really knowing about it. Yeah, by this time, I imagine he had more money and he knew what to do with. So. And also, this is the last uh, Universal Interscope Nine Inch Nails album, too. I think the, the remix album was, wasn't it? The remix album was, you're or- right. Or was it? Or maybe it was this one. No, you're right, because uh, in Australia on this leg of the album, he was basically just had it with um, the pricing structure of CDs yeah. with Interscope. I mean, you can get like uh, the Australian import for this for almost like $45 US. And he was like, you guys are just absolutely fucking our, my fans. Yeah. And so he was just like, you guys just steal my, my music. And it's no surprise of the structure that he utilized for the release of Saul Williams's record. And we can talk a little bit about that later. Um, but yeah, a lot going on in the record industry at this time, and Trent was certainly trying to create this as a as an experience rather than something that's just like here's something that you buy that's a plastic disc. Yeah, you guys remember listening to this album around the time when it came out? Absolutely, yeah, Bought it day one. Yep. I, I go ahead. I was. I feel like the first time I heard this was on your bachelor party. Yeah, we played it. Yeah, we did. We, in the limo. Yeah, we played it at the bachelor party. I, I mean, I might have heard it before that, but I totally remember yeah, listening to it. Yeah. Then. Yeah, on the way to the old you strip didn't come. club. You had a. You, I'm looking at you like, did I? No, you were no, invited. You had a wedding. Races. You had a wedding. We went to the horse races. Oh. You, had, you had a cousin's wedding, and so you met up with. Us oh later. yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that, we that wedding. That they got divorced of... soon after. I should have. <laughs> you you backed the wrong horse. Yeah. yeah I did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember. I remember buying the album around the time it came out. And being like, hey, new Nash Nails album, almost buying it out of obligation just because I didn't listen to them. At that period of my life, nearly, that was like the closest I've ever taken to a break was around when this album came out. Um, I bought it and I enjoyed it. I can also say that it might have been one of the last 20 CDs I bought. Like within the next few years, I quit buying CDs for the most part. Right, weren't you saying that the remix? The last album I bought was the remix album. That was the last compact disc. Yeah. Wow, that's wild. I mean, uh, honestly, and that was ten years, ten, ten plus years ago now. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. I mean, do you mostly just buy digital or stream? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, both. It's hard. Well, it was to. also when I, I, I moved to San Francisco about a year later, and I moved all my goddamn CDs with me, and I was like, there's crates and crates of them, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Right. Almost all of these exist on my computer, and that's when I started to right. change my tune uh, a little. I, I, I haven't gone when... as I haven't gone as anti physical media as some of us, like Mark. Yeah. Oh, uh, anti. If you yeah. if you try to walk into his house with a with a uh, I was surprised that you let me ring in that box with the microphone tonight. <laughs> uh, well, it digitizes sound, so we're good. I have a um, I have a one bin in my garage of CDs that I don't necessarily like trust will ever get released, like yeah, print stuff. So I kept that. But uh, yeah, I'm the same. A lot of Black, black Heart Procession in there. There is and Bark Market. Same same. My yeah. my box oh, yeah. has a lot of Black yeah. Heart Procession. Um, when I first heard this, um, now I've done full circle on with teeth but i was a little with teeth was low on my like it just didn't have what i liked about nine inch nails obviously i've come full circle so this when i first heard the noise and the grime and the and i was like all right now we're going so i loved it i listened to a lot of it like i we listened to it on the way to my bachelor party like i listened to a lot that year but a lot of the songs didn't get it into my full rotation um but now knowing more about the story and Really doing the deep dive we done last month. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this, friends. Uh, one before, uh, what's one do more, it then? One more thing about the uh, extracurricular stuff. 
Did any of you guys find photos from that comic? Like, I guess there was an imaginary comic called One Country at a Time or something like that? Yeah, I'll talk about that when we talk about The Good Soldier. Okay. But I believe there was a partial pages of a graphic novel released. It's rumored that it was Mark Bagley. Yeah, that's why that I drew, thought... That drew it. Yeah, yeah Mark, did, Mark uh, Bagley is Spider-Man. a... Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider... He was deep in Ultimate Spider-Man at this point. Yeah. Very well-known... Well, he, he was doing Spider-Man comics back when I was a kid because I, I bought the, uh, the first appearance of Carnage off the rack in, in Lincoln when I was a child, and he was even doing them back in, like, 1991. So I, when I read great, that he was... Great the, Thunderbolts run. Yeah, uh, he's, done, he's done. He's almost drawn... It's the wrong podcast, guys. Trinity, <laughs> yeah. he's, drawn, he's drawn almost all the big heroes. Right. And uh, I just I, I, when I learned that he did yeah. some of those pages, or rumored to do those yeah. pages, I like... It was nice to hear that. All right. I'd buy a Nine Inch Nails comic book. So this... Uh, uh, Oh, funny you say that really quick. Uh, a recent uh, Grant Morrison has taken over editing heavy metal comics, and that was like three years ago. No, he's still doing it. But that's when it he was, started. It was two years ago. But anyways, there's a music episode or issue where one one story per band, and there's a Nine Inch Nails song in there where somebody drew art to go with a Nine Inch Nails song. There's Which also song? a Marilyn Manson song and a Corn song. Which song? And um, which Corn song? I'll point. I'll 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 point it. I'll. I'll I'll tell you on the on the Facebook. Freak on page. a leash. Okay. Let's just say freak on a leash. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So Todd McFarlane's finally getting this Bond movie he made. <sighs> yes. <laughs> Guys, let's uh, let's listen to Hyper Violence. Before we do, what do you think of Ant Man and the Wasp? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Have you yeah. seen it? I haven't seen it. Neither I'm, have I. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So I plan to. So let's uh, let's hear a little bit of uh, beginning of the end. We can talk oh, about Infinity War. We're just gonna leap over hyperpower. All right, let's talk about hyperpower. <laughs> There's not much to say. Really? Really? All right. So the album starts out with hyperpower, mm-hmm. and let's hear a little bit of that right now. So that's hyperpower. It's got a lot of drumming on there. So Brian, what do you think of that drumming? Uh, I it's a pass real, muster. I really like the drum beat. Actually, that's that's uh, it's simple, but um, I like I like that the snare. I, it, it's snare heavy. Right, it's good. It, Josh freezes. Josh Josh did a lot of drumming on this album, right? I, have no idea. I don't know about a lot of drumming, but he, he did a little he, bit. He drummed yeah. on that track, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He did a few songs on this. I think a lot of. The, I think this is the most. So, what do you think of that as an album opener? I kind of in great. the. I think it's. I think it, it takes it back to pinion. It's short. It builds. Yep. It it gets me pumped. I like um, it. I've always liked it. It ends in just noise. Uh, the, We're gonna say that about eight songs in this album. Mm-hmm. They end in just noise. And uh, they they let us know on the Nin Wiki what a hyperpower is. It's a nation that dominates the global stage through economy, military power, technological progress. So, anyways, this. Instrumentally, if it's to line up with that definition, is talking about the the, the pre year zero political storyline that they came up with. Yeah, it's a good little album opener. I'm a fan. Uh, it doesn't Jimmy Jack around? Definitely sets the tone for the record. <laughs> <laughs> what kinda, do you think, Steve? No, it's all right. It's uh, I can. It's if you didn't have it on there and it just started with this is the beginning of the end, I think that'd be fine too. Um, 
But it kind of... It, on Steve's version of this album, it's parentheses, this is, close parentheses, <laughs> beginning of the end. <laughs> it, it does encapsulate the, the album almost in like one little song. So that, that's fun. That's good. Yeah. Know. Well, then let's go on to that. Then. All right, let's hear a little bit of my Sharona. I mean, beginning of the end. Now, my only problem with this song is that it's not longer because mm. I, I adore this track. It's, it's a good one. I think it's a, it's a great, it's a great, I, Eric, I'm going to steal from you and pass it to you. I think you said it sounds like this could be the opening in a stage play or something to right. that effect. I can't help, but like after reading the story, when I listen to this album, I can't help but visualizing it as a stage play or a musical, but it's like that opening number where it introduces the characters to like a catchy song and everybody's singing it together kind of thing. Um, yeah, I absolutely agree with Like you. walking through the town square kind of deal. Like, exactly. No, no, totally. Or exactly. down on your knees. Like Belle's yeah. opening in Beauty and the Beast. I was just going to use Bonjour. Good day. I was your fan. And if you look at the lyrics, if you look at the lyrics, I kind of look at... Marie, like, the baguettes. Hurry up. <laughs> How is your wife? Um, uh. Verse one seems to be from the resistance point of view. And verse two seems to be from the... People that have bought in that are completely brainwashed. Great call out. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. Yeah. How many uh, how many points of views do we deal with in this album? Oh, a mini, uh, mini. You have specific, this album has concepts of people that are brainwashed or people that are fighting. You have specific resistance members that I'll talk about that the that certain songs are written from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you have perspective from the government. You have perspective from these kind of like isolationist types. Oh, isolationist type. Sorry. So, uh, anyways. Um, oh, the state of Jefferson. Or they're in this thing. The state of Jefferson is in this thing. <laughs> okay, I can't escape them. Uh, yeah. No, I like. Yeah. The um, spoiler alert: they're the heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that. No, I know. Um, uh, no, I, 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 I've always really liked this song. I, that drum beat's very simple, but I, I enjoy it. It's yeah. It's like a, a Hey Mickey or a uh, you know. Sure, I could absolutely see a Hey Mickey yeah, in there too. It's, just, yeah. it's a really simple, simple beat, and also uh, I try not to let what like we we do a, a good amount of research before we do these things. And how do you research? You get on the internet. I never thought about this, but now that the ideas in my head, I can't get rid of it. It does sound a bit like Mr. Superstar, the guitar riff. Yeah. Uh, did you ever notice that before? Or? I didn't notice that after I read that. I was like, you know what? That's it's kind of correct. Yeah, it's yeah. a little bit more sped up, Mr. Superstar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it's not, doesn't funny. detract it. I didn't notice that at all. And the guy wrote both songs, so 
I do like this track a lot. It's a really cool, uh, it's super catchy. Uh, that drum beat is a classic drum beat. Um, Brian, classic drum beat. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I, I love, Sign off on that. I, I mean, I love how it drops off on the tom at the end of it, each little stanza. That it, it's awesome. This is this is my top four on the album. This is this okay. Is my top four. It's a good. It's really. Um, good. No, it's really catchy. They played it. They played it live. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet it's. I hope good. there's a few tracks on there that I hope they bring back for this next yeah. tour. So um, I uh, are you going? Are you going to any of them? No, no, I'm not. I should. Like to maybe they, I will. They, they 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 put a second show in San Francisco on sale. Yeah, so yeah, you think about it. So there's um, one last thing uh, I was going to say about this song. There's an interview uh, with Trent that's also on the wiki page. Um, we didn't really talk about it, but when he's kind of like talking about his process for this album, um, but I think this ties into Steve's comment trying to poke the bear with me a little bit about how all the albums dev- devolve into noise. Um, but he says the album's highly improvisational. And I just want to kind of mention on the overall pastiche of this album, he goes back to a noisier sound, but it is a little Pro Toolsy. It's clearly like not studio sounding. It sounds like a guy in his basement with a laptop. I will completely yeah. concur with and that. And that also, but the cool thing about I I I make jokes about that. Yeah. And you could tell this was the quickest they ever put an album out, which is fun. I think it sounds like it came out quickly because it does sound unfinished at parts. What's funny is that the whole unfinished thing. I didn't even think about it till Mark mentioned it, and I was just like, "That's it." You know, it's like I've been waiting for someone to like tell me what I thought because I totally agreed with them. But what I it said it was uh, Eric was going off on how great this record was, and I said, "Yeah, I can't wait till the finished album comes out." Yeah, oh. and, 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 that and that's, was... that's a little unfair. But to the point, it actually fits the uh, the content. Mm-hmm. If it sounds like somebody could be like, "All right, I got time to sit down and belt out a jam," right? Well, I got the re- fucking soldiers coming yeah, after exactly. me. Exactly, it sounds right. like that. That's so great. What, so, what yeah. I think the improv- improvisational part is on this album is the when he's creating this whole thing almost entirely by himself on a laptop. It's got a total sterile sound. So, like yeah. to combat that, I mean, on a tour bus half the time. If yeah. I if I'm reading this correctly, to to combat that, this song, a lot of songs, and especially towards the end of the climax of the song, mm-hmm. you just you hear the loops happening, but he's just live manipulating the sounds. Yeah, um, and like distorting them, like uh, like the bass line will keep going, and then suddenly you'll start hearing like that's what he means by improvised. Sure, kind of like his first foray into his industrial jazz jazz industrial kind of stuff that he's doing um and so we're done with swamp industrial now we're no, moving jazz into jazz industrial. Yeah. Right. and so for that i would say uh it's a way where you can make an album rushed um it, for instance like a song that has a lot of changes like say like ruiner clearly planned spent a lot of time on each of those changes this one when he needed a change he was just manipulating shit live which is kind of fun but almost more of like a dj tactic than a than like a full on like composition. Sure. I, I imagine he was sitting <clears throat> with some headphones on his laptop, looping parts over and over, and just adding just automations. Yeah. Automated on on different effects. And he's like, oh, "That's cool. Okay, we're just going to copy that piece over here. Now we're now we're going to do the next little layer up. We'll put that one here." But to that, don't the drums sound like not uh, like kind of recorded, kind of dirty? Like it sounds like they're you could hear like a ring to it. Well, the first two tracks. Sound like live drums. Okay, and then, but he's used live drums album, on with teeth though, and then they didn't seem to have that same kind of like echoey kind of feel to it. I mean, it, it could just be the environment that he recorded them in. Sure, and, and you know he's done tactics with drums where he's wrapped them in chains and things like that. Where yeah, you just get some weird 
it, it would be intentional. He wouldn't. He wouldn't put it out if it was just like, "Ooh, that's the best." Yeah. Sound well, it's not like a Lars Ulrich drum sound on gr- our anger. Where snare drum sounds like the Mars Attacks <laughs> aliens. <laughs> we keep debating on what our second season is going to be, and sometimes we say Metallica. And boy, I don't oh, even man, know the output I, in the later years. I, I don't know if I could handle saying anger again in one lifetime. Uh, right. Two things I really like on this track are I always, we always like it whenever he, he actually does quite a bit of little uh, bebops and shouts on this mm-hmm. record. And uh, there's a part where you hear him in the background going, hey, hey, that's, uh, oh, that yeah. amuses me. Yeah, yeah. That's and it's, there's it's a really good. Fun stuff happens all over the there, there, On this album, there's a, a really good amount of it, but in this track specifically, I'm no musician. But it sounds like there's a guitar towards the end, like buried in this kind of like digital decay effect. Yeah. That I I love. It's a digital, it. like distortion, but it has like very digital. It's so much distortion, you can't. You so don't like even... it cuts in and out. It's like, yeah, it's exactly. Like you put like a like you have to like, like you're, like you're trying to hear the, the whole thing and you can't. Like yeah, you cut pieces of that out of it. And yeah, I love that. I love it too. It's a good track. It's a good opener. I just wish it was longer. It's oh, not it's, the opener though. It's got um, a... track two. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> All right, so let's hear a little bit of the next one if we're uh, done. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The big single, the big hit, the big. A big hit? Uh, we'll talk about that. So let's hear a little bit of uh, survivalism. survivalism uh this was also the lead single um and it also had its own designated halo with an accompanying video um the video uh was a wall of surveillance monitors um and there was like scenes from different apartments and things like that uh closed circuit tv kind of deal it also then had a practice space uh performance of nine inch nails and uh uh then you could also see people dressed up as SWAT members coming in to break up the noise. And at the end of the video, um, if I'm not mistaken, it looks like they they take out the band. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this video, did you ever see the movie Sliver? Or no, is it Sliver? With uh, one of the Baldwins and yeah. Sarah and you just Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. They watch videos of naked people. And you'd be 40. My grandpa had a dubbed copy of that on VHS, and I remember watching it because uh, yeah, it yes. had boobs. But um, yeah, it's like that on surveillance police state stuff. It actually, this video reminds me, if you take the hand that feeds video, and then you make Trent Reznor cut that stupid haircut off, oh, yeah. and then film the band again, and then look at what was going on in the rest of the building. Yeah, that's that's what this give is him an me. awesome scarf to wear too. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, so there's one thing that happens in the video that ties to the story. I talked about the the um, government was brainwashing citizens by putting this drug called paraffin in the water, which cuts out your fight or f- fight flight or fight 
um, reaction. Um, and uh, the they also for people that weren't that were getting on that were getting knowledgeable about the water. They also made a street drug called Opal, uh, which has the same effects, and you inject it through your eye, and you see somebody using that in the uh, in the video. Oh, very cool. And I think there was a resistance logo on one of the art is resistance on one of the walls, right? Right. So yeah, bringing that in there. Yeah, and so this this song is clearly from the um, perspective mostly of the resistance. What I like when I look at this, a lot of the lyrics are just like very, a little sarcastic, um, but pretty much like yeah, we've fucked Mother Nature, um, we've fucked society, like we're in a really bad place right now. But then when the chorus comes, you kind of see the resistance start rising out of it. As far as like. Um, I've got pro- my propaganda and then I've got revisionism and the, the resistance websites, um, revisionism is what they call like giving the people the real truth of what happened because the state's like giving them this propaganda, this fake. So Trent Reznor was doing the whole deep state thing before it became <laughs> right. co-opted by Fox yeah. news. Yeah. That's too bad. That's he, too bad. We have, yeah, we have him to blame for a lot of things, I guess. Yeah. So that's, that's that as far as it relates to the story, but it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a great hit. I mean, it is a banger. It's a good tra- it's a good track. It's in the mold of the at a certain point uh, from hand that feeds to survivalism to discipline to copy of a all those songs sound like the same band that put singles out. They were just like, all right, let's just something a little bit upbeat that still rocks. Kind of became their thing. I think um, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I think they're all kind of out of the same mold. Yeah. It's a good mold. I do like the chorus. Uh, it's that part of all a part of this great nation. I got my fist. I got my plan. I got survivalism. Uh, that's my favorite little segment musically and lyrically of the song. Um, For so long, though, I thought he said, I've got my fist. I've got my pen. I've got survival. Like he's going to write his idea. <laughs> I will pen take out is my mightier than the sword. <laughs> I will take out my journal and I will write about my day. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? You're you, not alone sir, on that. are getting a what? strongly worded letter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Saul Saul Williams is on the chorus of this song. Yeah. This yeah. is a he's he's mixed in throughout this album. We'll give him a little bit more. Yeah, we'll talk about that more. He's play later, but you, you can definitely of the song. after hearing his remix. If you go back and listen to the original one, you can hear him in the song. Yeah. Um, I the part of the the that always I thought it was ridiculous from day one, and I love it to this day. Is uh. I can't even say it. Is that line that he like? It sounds like he's saying it and he's falling over at the same time. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, in the circumstance, it, I think you'd understand. Exactly. Oh yeah. The, the, the circumstance you think you'd understand. Yeah, it's, uh, that's right. It's such a mouthful. <laughs> it's yeah, ridiculous. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I enjoy those moments. Yeah. Oh, those are the best songs. Yeah. yeah actually, yeah. Uh, when he knows he probably wrote too, uh, wrote too much, <laughs> and he's like, I. I'm I gotta get it. in there. It's too good. Yep. I gotta get in there. I, I can't. Do anything right. I'm not getting rid of this gold. Uh, so could I be the downer to the party here? Not uh, a big fan of this oh. one. I think this is. Yeah. This one re- did not resonate with me. No, that's as funny. A, as a big fan of this band, this I actually thought was probably their worst single. You know, you're not off base on that one. When I first heard it, I was like, okay, that's fine. There's uh, some yeah, parts of it, it that I there enjoy. Is one but as single. A song, it, it never hit for me. Right. I agree, and I think, for me, there's another song that takes that place. On this album? It's not on this album. I feel like I know what you're going to say. But it's on a future album. It's oh, on... Everything? <laughs> is everything a single? 
No, I don't think everything was a single. Uh, it's a ridiculous song. Um, no, I'm thinking of it was off the slip, and if just by saying that you'll you'll but see discipline what, uh, discipline. Uh, discipline. I, I, I heard discipline. I was like, what are we doing? I, I think discipline is far superior. Love to this discipline. Song. I love this is this is a good song. I, I think, I think we only is worse than, than survivalism. Oh, interesting. <laughs> but that's funny. I feel like survi- I like survivalism for all the reasons we said. It's not my good, it's not my favorite song on this album. No. I think it's place uh, the sequencing of this album is good. I think it has a good place in the album. Um, it does kind of even not even just because the video reflects it. It does just kind of sound like ah, oh, you know, if hand the feeds wasn't as good, right. it might be this song. Yeah, I mean they it, it it services the story. It paints a picture. There's some real good visuals of what the world looks like and what it feels like to live in the world and the kind of birth of a of a resistance. So they do a version of this a couple times in this album. They're, uh, towards the end of this song, there's a verse, no, there's the chorus where they do the propaganda thing, but almost everything drops out except for mm-hmm. just the drum beat. I really like that. That I one do moment. I like that part, yeah. Yeah, I like that. At the end of the last chorus, too, it's, I got my fist, I got my pen, I got survivalism, and then it minimalizes. Yeah. It does that little part, and then the guitar comes in. Oh, you fit right in on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, I know, right. But that, the whoosh guitar, that as I refer song, to it. I yes. think is my favorite part of the song. Yeah, the, the, the outro, outro is, is like, good. Yes. The guitar makes the, out, the, the guitar, not saves it, but the, the highlight is that guitar outro. Yeah. Yeah. There is guitar on the chorus, but it's really unintelligible, and it's like, mm, it's just annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not the best single, but uh, it fits where it belongs. It's right where it belongs Ooh. on this, this, <laughs> this album. And it takes, us into, it takes us into a super, super highlight. Sometimes this is my favorite song on the album. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. The Good Soldier. Let's hear a little bit of that. Yeah. Good Soldier is a good song. Uh, Mark, you were just saying you thought it should have been a single? I do. I think this song uh, has the makings of a single. It's got really catchy verses, and it's got a really catchy chorus. Uh, I, there's nothing wrong with this song. It also has a lot to do with what's going on on the rest of the record. Um, but this is, again, during the uh, Iraq War, so maybe this would have been uh, probably not played on the radio. Who knows? But 
it was leaked. It was one of the songs that was leaked to a radio station. I yeah, I think it was K Rock or something like that. Yeah, but it's not like it got regular play or anything no. like that. I don't know. It's a yeah. good. It's a good but, track. You well, this is a, one of the examples that happened a few times where it's it's story heavy with the the sci fi story they're telling, but it also has modern political themes or personal themes for him. So it plays, you know, it plays both ways. Oh, that's that's this. I uh, this is not this is a concept album as we've discussed. Yeah. Concept album that's heavily influenced by what was going on at the time and then still going on now. It's not quite Rush with uh, where it goes off into nothing wrong with Rush. Uh, my Rush podcast is um, on the way. Uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of this stuff. It's called Xanadu. It, 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 it has a foot firmly in reality. And this song definitely is one of them. Uh, it's a great track. It opens up with that. It's, and the bass goes. It's like a jaunty little little baseline that makes you want to walk out the door. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a it's a good it's a good little baseline there. I enjoy like if uh, I was in eighth grade and I was going to do a musical intro and based around war, uh, blood hardens in the sand, cold metal in my hand, maybe help you understand the way that things will be. There's nowhere left to hide because God is on our side. I keep telling myself. I mean, that's uh, from a soldier's perspective. If I ever heard one, yeah. Well, this you know that uh, eventually. Metallica's one could not be the song that you used anymore. Right. And so this <laughs> supplanted it. Yeah, so it's for a modern age. This is one of the songs that has a specific character that they created who's the, who it's the perspective of. This is the one that links to the comic book, um, One Country at a Time. Uh, one of the characters in here is, um, they don't ever say his name, but his name in all the message boards of the Resistance is Angry Sniper. <gasps> he used to be a soldier. Uh, in this fictional Syrian war, which they talk about, um, and that's the blood hardens in the sand. Um, and but he was part of this thing called the 105th Airborne Division. They're and um, they're basically sponsored by this evangelical church. So they're all like Bible verses are just basically like flying on the flags when they're fighting. Um, it's very like anti-separation church and state. Um, and, but he ends up having like serious PTSD and turns into the resistance. But he ends up being a super violent member of the resistance and kind of takes it too far in that way too, which ends up being a big part later in the album. Um, so anyways, this is all about his character, the song. There you go. Mr. Strand. So regarding um, your guys' statement about it possibly being like single-ish, um, I, think, I think the verses very much could be. I don't think the chorus could be. I think the chorus is too weak. But I, I think yeah, the verses are super strong. Yeah, the chorus is, yeah, you're That's right. That's the part that doesn't get me in this song. I, I think the chorus is... It's a little sparse. I'll agree with you. But it's just kind of light. Musically, though, it's, yeah, it's just different because you do, is that a piano sound that kind of highlights the, the, Uh, I am trying. Is it a xylophone? Don't yell at me. Is it a xylophone? It could could be. I am trying. It's like a little chime kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, That happens later in the album, too. It seems like a very pretty moment, though. I mean, for the rest of the lyrical content, it's just like, musically, it's just, different it's in contrast the outro on this song it's super strong again. another mm-hmm. one with a good outro that's the guitar lead it has that decompressed guitar where and, yeah. and the lead up to it it has a pause and like they put an effect on the bass where it kind of sounds muffled like it's under yeah and it's building up but to it you. does sound like someone's on the xylophone ding 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 you know yeah. like in the outro exactly part. what you're talking I mean, about exactly yeah, yeah because it's it, like 
it goes away and like the uh, it just has that little breakdown and then it comes back with those whooshing guitar the words. whooshing guitars it's, yeah it's such a nine inch nailsy riff though at the end too though yeah has that that's true that, if you that drop if you were to if you were to compress that guitar part it would sound like it's on the dirt downward spiral yeah if you were to tighten it, it up it's yeah it, there's it's very reminiscent of things that you hear from it's funny when it's on. it's fun you listen to all this stuff in a row when you see some of these themes that yeah. you never would have noticed yeah good track good track top tier track yeah, it's not yeah. my favorite off the album but it's a good one yeah um it leads into an even better track what oh boy oh god <laughs> um, alright so let's <laughs> go ahead hold on the one I always gotta point out I, oh, uh, any vocalizations <laughs> that part where he goes I keep telling myself I uh I love that. Yeah. Resner falsettos are my favorite thing. Yeah. All um, right. So the so next let's track hear, is uh, Eric's favorite track. Vessel. Vessel. Let's hear a little bit of that. Actually, the good soldier I forgot to mention was uh, it was played live uh, on a couple of tours, uh, the Year Zero cycle, and also the Queens of Stone Age one. And then the track five, which is Vessel, I'm not sure if they played it live, but if they did, this would be a track where I go use the bathroom. <laughs> Eric, thoughts? Oh, I've got thoughts, guys. Why don't you go ahead and give me your thoughts first? I'll go. Okay, so Brian, Brian go ahead yeah, and lead it off. So uh, the synth. I actually really like the intro synth. Um, it grabs you right away, uh, but the vocals aren't are not strong in this song. I um, the snare sounds like a fart. I don't know if you guys ever noticed that. <laughs> so if I ever meet Trainers in now, he's probably gonna hate me because of that. But I mean, like, what we am tell I like to it do? That's here. what it sounds like. Uh, we ever get that live Q and A with him? We'll be sure to bring that up. Sorry. Yeah. What did uh, you eat before that fart snare? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be sucking his entire cock. His I mean, response will be. You know, the chorus is forgettable. The backing Oz in the chorus are actually really nice. I like those. Um, it's a. It's just. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm right along with you. It's it's a stutter stop kind of kind of song. And my God, can it go any faster? Oh my God, I don't think I can last year. My like, God, could it end any sooner? Is what he should be saying. Like. <laughs> I never knew what was going on in this particular song because, like, it's it's very, very, very leaning on the whole. I'm doing this on my laptop. Um, this this is in my notes. This is a. Uh, I said this is the epitome of the, my my Jesus zero joke. Is I, I really feel like this, this just sounds laptop jams. Yeah. Um, 
it's not it's not it's not one of the highlights it's not terrible it's not terrible that one song on this album is terrible but this is definitely not the, my least favorite i feel like this could be a manson song actually yeah i could see that i could see that um so oh I mean, my god i'm i'm not uh i'm just not sold on the vocal delivery i'm not sold on the vocals and musically it just it doesn't hit me um, it's not like there's there's worse Nine Inch Nail songs in the in the catalog, but this is not my go-to. In fact, when this comes on, I just kind of like push through it. Um, I, I give it one thing. Uh, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't this song partly about the character John of Boston? It is. It now, is absolutely about. The- we used to we used to all have a friend named John Boston, who was kind <laughs> of like a, a folk hero in Sacramento. So that amuses me. Right. All right. We've we've, we've given you enough uh, uh, guff. Yeah. Eric. You guys here. You guys are fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this isn't the, my favorite song on the album, but a couple times it was uh, top three for me. And when I was listening to this, not top three Nine Inch Nails songs, top three, top on, three the on the record. Yeah. But when I was listening to this album the first time when we were doing this podcast, and this song came on, and just right once that. And like the beat starts and the everything yeah. gets fuzzy. I'm like, ah, oh, there's that bug sound. There's that noisy production. I've missed you so. It sounds so good. Uh, I think the production is actually really well thought out of the song. Um, I think knowing what it's about, maybe, I think it, this song relies really hard on the story that he made up, and maybe not knowing that story when you're listening to it takes away from it. I could totally see that. And there's and there uh, there's my problem. Yeah, concept albums. I love concept albums. But, like, if you don't know the storyline behind the wall, you're still going to love the wall. I don't think that you should have to know the story about what's going on to enjoy a song. And I think, yeah. that, I think that's fair. Because this song is, like, is about the prophet of the story. A, a guy that, before the aliens ever show up in the storyline, uh, he's driving with his daughter in the car and sees them. He gets in a car accident. Daughter dies. And suddenly he sees the aliens' intentions. He basically is sharing a consciousness with them and he becomes their vessel and prophesizes about a baptism of blood and that this is going to happen and the world doesn't change. This is going to be our future. And he goes around talking about that until he gets thrown in this prison. Um, very heavily re- relying on the actual story they built. And I agree with you that makes it less as a song as a whole, but as far as playing into the story they're building, it's great. I just love how it sounds, and I love the, I love the chorus. Can I go any faster? I don't know. He's doing some <laughs> cool vocal stuff here. What can I cannot do? Yeah, he's doing some cool vocal stuff here. I I, I think it's a great. I'll song. give it this much. There's a lot of uh, songs that end in uh, noise breakdowns. Yeah. The one on this track's pretty good. It gets pretty groovy at the it end. It has a pretty good noise breakdown at yeah. the end of it. Yeah. So not my favorite song on the album either, but this was the first one that made my eyes pop out when I was listening to it. Like, all right, Interesting. here we go. I love how this sounds. So I remember when he was doing, uh, destru- describing the work of Year Zero, and he was bringing it back to, like, a public enemy type sound. Mm-hmm. And, like, this particular song, I could see, like, even oh, though... Oh, yeah, the, ba- the backbeat, the, the, right? the br- breakbeat in the background. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. so, because uh, that description doesn't really fit the rest of the record, but it does for me on this particular song. It just doesn't do anything for me. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate what he's trying to do. It just, for me, it's just one of those skippable tracks. This sure. is my uh, No You Don't on this record. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. But I will say that uh, it ends in that chaotic breakdown, and its ending 
you take a breath, and I think that putting me, I'm not right after it was a perfect placement of a song. Sorry, really quick. I think it makes sense now. I remember texting you guys as soon as I listened to the song. I was like, I'm listening to Vessel as soon as those synths pop in. Man, I got a big old boner. And I got <laughs> no reply. Yeah, we were just crickets. Yeah. We were like, okay, Eric. So all boners aside, me, I'm not is the next track. Let's listen to a little bit of me, I'm not. track i think it picks up perfectly after the last one ended uh you need something to that breathes a little more and i feel like this is a song that you could like if you owned a lowrider with good hydraulics you could mm. put this on mm-hmm. you could cruise down the street with me i'm not uh i'm a big fan of this song and um well, i'll let you guys take it away uh mr strand I, I kind of ruined it for you guys, I think. No, but uh, now you but... ruined it for us, but you want the <laughs> listeners know. You blew our minds I mean, during the break. The first yeah. time I, so I, 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 I like this song. I think it's, it's a decent song. It's not in my top four, but sure. it's a decent song on the album. Uh, it, it, it is The Wretched. The verse is The Wretched. <laughs> I mean, I was singing it over it for you guys, and you're like, it's no kinda, way! It, Stop it! it. Yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of like a, 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 a hip-hop remix of The Wretched if you, yeah. at the right pace. It's, yeah. it's great. I mean, I, I did bring it up before, but the whole image of the alien presence and yeah. the storyline is from the wretched. So I don't know, maybe it's mm. intentional. That's possible. Cool. I mean, and he does yeah. that kind of stuff in, yeah. in his songs. Um, I, uh, I mean, Lady Tron brings mod- closer back. So yeah, there's a lot of cool voice modulation in the song where he's octaving. It sounds like pitch shift octave and and cutting things and adding delay and spots. Yeah, he chops and down, 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 down. he chops and screws his vocals quite a bit on this track, and it's to good effect. Yeah, very cool. Um, I, I think musically this is a top tier song on this album. I think the production's great. I think it sounds awesome. I think you're right. It, intentional or not intentional, it does. Maybe I like it because it reminds me of the wretched. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The the talking through verses, while it doesn't bother me, I think he does a good job with it better than some singers. I no, those songs will never end up in the top ten for me. I don't mm-hmm. know why. It's just a thing. It's fine when you talk yeah. through it. When you talk through it, it's like cool spoken word, word poetry. I get it. Um, it makes a little more sense on this album since he is telling a story. It's kind of like storyteller time. I feel like it's used to great effect 
and uh, upcoming track. Yes, yes. He, he I, there's there's a song it. I think he actually adds to the song when yeah. he talks through it. This isn't one of those, so I'm not I'm not absolutely mm. crazy about it. Um, hey, yeah. What the hell does the chorus mean? The chorus. <laughs> hey, can we stop? Me, I'm not. Okay. Well, the song itself, I have a I have. Yeah, a the, by the way, the way. The way that they pace the me, I'm not, I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah. It's, I don't, uh, it's, uh, it's, it it's, almost it, makes you like. It, kept, it, it sticks in your head. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, it kind of bounces. Actually, this, oh, Eric, I'll let you finish that in a second. Yeah, that's fine. This song does a lot, of, like, I, I love it when Nine Inch Nails tends to play with space audibly. Like, the Fragile's all about that. I, mm-hmm. You know, I, I went ad nauseum about that. The me, I'm not seems to bounce around the room. Mm-hmm. The way that, the, yeah. me, mm-hmm. I'm not, the way it just sounds like it's bouncing around the room. And also, there in the beginning, that uh, I don't know how to explain. It. There's that like echo effect, that like echo beat, that kind of big like the snare, the snare. But it's it, but it has like an effect on it that kind of like has it like drift. Uh, I really enjoy that. He's making good use of his off beats in his open space, and he gives, him, he gives him space to breathe, so it sounds yeah. like they're carrying away. There are some like little zipper rip sounds too that kind of remind me of the Closer to God single. Okay. Oh, that, like, da, 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 da. No, there's like little, yeah, like kind of oh, little yeah. things that are going on. That yeah, pretty, okay. Pretty Do cool. you remember your thought, Eric? I'm yeah, sorry. yeah, no, no, no. It's what fine. You, you asked me about what the chorus is about because it's yeah, it's just a bunch of random words. The song itself serves two purposes. Personally, it's another song about addiction, you know, for Trent. Along with the story, it's about the statewide brainwashing that the government's doing with the with the paraffin and Fox the News. Yeah. Um, and uh, really, the song's about giving up. This is the this is a man on the street who has been brainwashed for years, drinking this water. This his uh, fight or flight is gone, and they're just giving in and they're succumbing to the state of things. Um, and the me, I'm not. I mean, hey, can we stop? It's like you have a fleeting moment of knowing something's wrong, and then just giving up. Me, I'm, I'm not. I'm not so gonna do it. I actually, I'm not gonna do it. I interpreted it differently. I don't. But you, yeah, prob- no, you yeah. probably can't. No, no. I, 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 that was my interpretation. So I did not, read that. not the course itself, but the song itself. I was looking at it from the perspective of a government high-ranking person, and realizing that they've hit a point of no return and they have shame and regret. Yeah, that's that, that. When I was going through, that's that's the perspective I kept seeing it from. But yeah, yeah that's kind and of also thing. like, can we stop? Like, they actually have a chance of stopping it. If anybody does, they do, and he's like, "No, I, I'm too far gone." If you were to use that perspective, yeah. uh, uh, Mr. Strand has over there, that could logically come after like the good soldier. They're trying their best they can, and now they're they're gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's actually a good perspective, especially on that last little stanza in that verse. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, the, the and also the if I take it all back some way somehow, if I knew back then what I know right now. In the song, uh, the music kind of falls away for those verses. And it's yeah, that's right. Good effect. Yeah. He does that a couple times in this album where the music falls away and just uh, lets the words kind of take center stage. It's, it's if, good, it was a, good dynamics. if it was a musical yeah. stage show, it would be the monologue time. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good song, that me, I'm not. So uh, one closing thought on here. Uh, Eric, <laughs> it, it's been fun because the internet is unfortunately at the height of its powers now. And uh, there's always tons of Nine Snails fans are interesting folk, us included. And uh, Eric, you found something on a message board about KMFDM in regards to oh, me. Right. I'm not. Oh, me. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Somebody. Um, somebody 
was actually interacting with Trevor on one of the message boards at the time. Echoing the sound. Yeah, uh, echoing the sound, and 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 and, uh, and blamed. Yeah, and yeah, echoing the sound, and he, and this fan blamed Trent for stealing the drum beat from KMFDM. <laughs> for uh, Ha Rock. Ha, yeah, Ha Rock. And uh, that's from bad KMFDM years, which we discussed yeah. in our bonus episode. Yes. Mark, I would love if you drop that in there in this one so you can compare them. Yeah. And uh, Trent Trent's response. response so. I have it right here. Uh, the guy says, yeah, it looks like Trent stole from KMFDM again. And KMFDM <laughs> version is better. And by, as we, you know, KMFDM are friends of the show, even though they put over a decade's worth of terrible music out by now. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Trent Reznor replied to him and said, you, go fuck yourself now. The day I steal something from KMFD fucking M is a sad fucking day indeed. Call up Sasha and have him sue me if you feel that strongly about it. Meanwhile, let everyone have some goddamn fun without you pissing on the parade. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so good. That's a cranky Trent. Yeah. Well, yeah. Love KMFDM, yeah. That, especially that era, not even comparable music. Yeah. And before we get to the next song, I'd like to point out that I just got a text from Kyle Bauer, uh, who went to the Melvin show tonight. Which I had a ticket to, but I double booked, and I chose you guys overseeing the Melvins for the 35th time. That's friendship. That is. I love you all. That is. So the next song is Capital G. Yes. First time I heard this with my head in a musical, this is the Disney song in the movie, the Disney movie where they introduce the villain. This is like uh, Radigan dancing across the stage explaining why he's so bad or... Uh, or uh, Radigan. Yeah. Or, I mean, that's the first one I go to. Sorry, Mark. Oh I know. No, I love it. <laughs> yeah. The Great Mouse. Radigan? Was that from, that's from in The Great Mouse Detective? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, okay, a better one would be like Ursula singing, you know, you know. You say I thought you really offended him because I thought you you picked somebody from American Tale. Oh, he- heavens! That's not Disney. Heavens, no! <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah, it is a great movie. Yeah, yeah a great movie. That was great. Oh, I know. Just, I know better than to, to, that is a deep cut. I know better than to misrepresent Disney. Tomorrow. I think an American Tale yeah. is better than the Great Mouse Detective. That, you might be. Right. I don't disagree. You might okay. be absolutely right. Don uh, Bluth was all about Disney until yeah. they booted him out the door. He left. He stayed at Stage of Revolution and left. He yeah, made The Secret of Nim, which is a all-time classic. Anyways, am I, but this is definitely the villain song. That I'm a villain. This is why I'm bad. Uh, and it, this song has got some funky swagger. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, this song is a... Uh, it, it sums up everything. I mean, it's cliche to say, but it really sums up everything that's selfish about how we all are right now and all the assholes in the world. Mm-hmm. And the evangelical uh, right taking over... The Republican Party, 
And in 2007, it wasn't even nearly as true as it is now. And a decade and change later, they've exposed themselves for the frauds they are, and they don't even really believe in the values they preach on people. They just want to hold you down and take as much for themselves as possible. And this song is all about that. I I think the most powerful lines are the ones where it's like short-term goals. They're not thinking about the future. They don't care about future generations. It's just get what we give now and get out. So what does capital G stand for? Uh, well, it's just a, it's a play on a G is a thousand dollars. It's also God. You greed. Know, it's God, greed. So it could have been, it yeah, could have been. Believing in greed, God, money. George W. at the time. Sure. Could be. They do chant the word greed at the, at the, either they chant it or it sounds like they're saying greed over and over again at are. the end. Yeah. So, but yeah. The, I you mean, know. This, this song could be repurposed for capital T in our yeah. day and age. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, just, I'm sick of hearing about the haves and the have-nots. Have some personal accountability. Yeah. How often you hear the pull it right. by your bootstrap shit. Oh, yeah. And uh, the biggest problem with the way that we've been doing things is the more we let you have, the less that it'll be, I'll be keeping for me. Right. It just sums up the whole, like, why do I got to help somebody get health care? You know? <laughs> um, and then don't, don't care about the haves and the, or the, the, the temperature yeah. in Guatemala. I mean, it really is. It's the it's different everything about it. ideologies. Is what's a better... What's a better um, uh, level of living, you know, having more but for your own little bubble or maybe having less but everybody's bubble's better? This yeah. song, it seems like I'm having a conversation with my dad, though. You're only yeah. angry because you wish you were in my position. Now nod your head because you know that I'm right. <laughs> All right. Oh, my yeah. God. God. Yeah. I don't, my dad has said those lines to me in one way or the other at some point in my life. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Um, and, and then, yeah, uh, how about the... You know, you haven't had enough power to know what it is to have power. Right. It's just right. that whole thing. Now, this whole this song is a, an absolute... Uh, it's it's politically charged, but you could absolutely fucking dance to this Yeah, shit. it's fun. In my notes, I actually put this is my dad talking as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Stephen, chimpanzees. Exactly. Capital yeah. C. This was my dad in the 80s and then in, in the 90s. And then when my brother came out in the early 2000s, he started voting for Obama. And uh, James completely, completely turned, turned tail on his Yeah, he did. Yeah. Old, there's old a, Jeff did a heel turn. Yeah. So there's a lyric in the beginning that, that I, I never realized. I, I guess I didn't really pay attention to the lyrics. I mean, I did a lot of the ones that really stick out. But there's the, you push the button and can watch it on television. Those motherfuckers didn't last too long. Ha ha. I didn't realize it was a ha ha. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He actually like, wrote it so in. So when I was yeah. reading uh-huh. the note, when I was reading the lyrics, I was like, whoa, that's a different message. Because I dark. thought it was just like a hook. Yeah. Huh, or know? just talking about, you know, yeah, yeah bombing people in Guatemala, who cares? Or, you know, there's people out there right now that are like, oh, we're throwing Mexicans in cages and separating them from their kids. Ah, whatever. You know, uh, it's, it's the yeah. whole, it's the same thing. So from the worse. point of view of the story, um, at some point in this history, um, uh, Congress ousts the president, uh, and I wish they would do that right now. And but they, but the president wasn't actually that bad, and they decide that that we can't vote anymore. Only Congress can vote, and yeah. and Congress can vote for the president, and that's kind of what goes on with the storyline. So the song is basically about Congress, who actually is making all the decisions for this uh, alternate, mm-hmm. air quotes, America. So if we're gonna, so the lyrics are very much, you know. Uh, Greed makes for terrible people. Um, I just realized, actually, this isn't my favorite song on the album. I was thinking of another song. <laughs> but they, they go hand in hand with yeah. the lyric. God Given's the one I was thinking of. We, we can't um, uh, escape the fact. So as we started playing this during the break, Brian 
made an absolute apropos when I never realized this again until I read it during my research. He did the opening little hee-hee from Michael Jackson's The Way You Make Me Feel, and it fit perfectly. Yeah. It's, a good, no, it's a good song. It is a good song. I want people to think I'm like this dick that just dissects these songs. And like, oh, hey, that man. Sounds like this that is, song. This I'm not that person. This is on brand. Trust me. You're, you're doing not, great. You're not going online and telling Trent Reznor he sounds like KMFD fucking M. That's yeah. true. This, this song, to me, the vocals and the chorus is the most singable on the album. Um... I I love this song. I think this is a great song. It's great. Um, yeah, it's fine. It has the great backing vocals in the in the chorus. The mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And then um, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a pause during one of the chorus courses, so it, like it just has an extra punch. Like uh, it, it's just it's an awesome song. The decompressed slightly whoosh guitar towards the last verse is great. Down 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 down. It's a it's a good song, and at the end there's they they layer a couple of trends on on himself, and uh, it's a it's a good time. This one pops with headphones. Pops. Yeah. Yep. All right, so let's go to the next track if you don't mind. The My next... Violent Heart never played live. Never played reason. live. All right, so let's listen to a little bit of My Violent Heart. You and I we may look the same, but we are very. Bullet holes where my compassion used to be And there is violence in my heart Into fire you can send us From the fire we return You can label us a consequence Of how much you have to learn You can turn but you never this is something you will never understand Can you hear it now? Hear it coming now Can you hear it now? Hold hands So my favorite this this is not one of my favorite tracks. Actually, not, not everything has to be a favorite, but this is a skippable track to me. Um, I, I don't have much to say beyond it's a really this sounds like a uh, my chemical romance lyric, but I do enjoy the line. There's bullet holes where my compassion used to be, and there is violence in my heart. Um, I don't have much to say about this yeah, song. This song is about so this is. Um, the uh, resistance, but a certain faction of the resistance that's led by this angry sniper character that turns to violent, violent resistance. Yeah, it turns, yeah, it turns to violent resistance. So at some point in, in a song coming up called Meet Your Master, they kind of cross the line, the resistance, and becomes the villains in a way. Um, and it ends up biting them on the ass with the whole, uh, when, the, when the aliens give them their ultimatum. So this is a uh, this is specifically about angry angry sniper kind of going to the dark side. Resistance started in a good place, uh, goes to the dark side. I was kind of uh, when I started this album, I was wondering if this was Trent's kind of thesis statement was that resistance can't be successful without violence. But the more I listen to it and the way the whole album ends, 
you realize he doesn't actually have an opinion on it. He's just analyzing, like, sure, take it, take a resistance to violence, but uh, what do you become when you do that? And this is this song's about that. I, I like it for the facilitating the story, but he talks his way through this. The chorus, I think, is cool. I think the chorus is really cool. I song. do like that chorus. I do it's like that. I agree with it. It I grabs agree you by the crotch. You just yeah. said, for a dance. Yep. on hands yeah. and knees. Yeah. I, I, we I crawl. That. Yeah, and the yeah, <clears throat> love the chorus, but I will agree with what you said about talking through the verses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's not my favorite part, but it's the choruses that yeah. send me back. Really like, okay, I'm it. I'm into this yeah. song. This is why I feel it's a little bit stronger than the vessel, um, just because. The choruses on uh, Vessel just didn't do anything. Yeah, it's a stronger chorus than the Vessel. Right. So, um, Eric, tell me, is there a lot of the lyrics in this album give me a vibe, like give me the feel of um, like a Legion character where a whole bunch of humans end up having like a hive mind? Is that what goes on in some of these songs? Uh, yeah. Well, the hive mind would be like the the communal brainwashing that's going on where they just, they just don't want to resist anymore. This particular one is, is just talking about a member of the resistance or members of the resistance. So angry, so violent, they start going to the dark side kind of thing. This song for me, um, most of my notes are actually about how the lyrics are delivered. Um, the spoken doesn't do much for me. It sounds really smug actually. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. the chorus I thought was, Pretty, I, I actually didn't really like it until I really started listening to the song, and the more I listened to it, the more I like the chorus, but it's the transition to the chorus that I really like, hmm. where it's like the, um, you can try, but you never... Good point. Understand. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That, 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 yeah. Part, that, that part gets cool. me, and I sing yeah. along with that part, but, and then it starts a pan and So he only does it once, though, right? What's that? They only do it. He only does, he does it does once. It before, I think he does it for the. Rest but I don't of think place. he does that when you return to the place that you call home. We will be there. We will be there, and it just goes right. Yeah, you into, might be right. On hands and knees. Well, that first time he does it is great. Yeah, it's a great. Right. It's yeah. a great, it's a great bridge. That's, that's where it's like. It's a great bridge, like, guys. Okay. So uh, would that be called the bridge? Bridge, right? Mm, oh come on! No, I I feel a bridge is a departure from the song. So what like is it, it then? What what would I think that it's be a called? Transition. I think it's like a. Chorus part B or a verse part B. A chorus, a verse. Sorry, part verse B. part. B. I mean, it's if I'm if I'm writing this song uh-huh. and I, please, guys, I've never taken like music theory. Or sure, anything, yeah. So the, there's Trust someone me, out there right company. now that's yelling at their. Hey, what was your What was your band's name again? The Silent Game. The Silent Game. Yeah. And remember to look that up, folks. I want to ask the members of the Silent Game if you've ever used the phrase a verse part B. No, what we do is so you have A, B, C. A would be our verses, B would be possibly the chorus, could be a transitional part, and then C chorus, and then D is like the bridge, and just kind of, we write it out like that. Incredibly complex. Next yeah. time I see you guys play, I'm going to tell you I liked, really liked your bridge when I'm talking about part B. I hope no one, <laughs> I hope no one critiques my music, by the way, like this. this yeah, is like, might be opening a Pandora's box for you. Yeah. Firing yeah. squad. <laughs> season two, guys, Silent Game. <laughs> we got a ton of downloads and all these uh, iTunes reviews. Oh my god! <laughs> One star. What the fuck? People are terrible. <laughs> all right, my violent heart. That's all I gotta say about it. Yeah. All right, so let's go into the next track. The next track is the warning. 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 This is a great track.
So the Mark and I were discussing how we have hive mind again, and the warning we both agree is a baseline that takes you for a walk. More importantly, you can take it down the street with your dog to the corner market. Um, that baseline, it's a groovy baseline. It actually, there's, it's a it's a groovy baseline, but it also reminds me of 1996 era Blur. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, a little bit. That's yeah, cool. it's got that. Yeah, I know. Is exactly it the tone? Yeah, it is the tone. It's yeah, like an amp tone. tone. It sounds yeah. like a mic amp that has a certain amount of fuzz to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I adore this song. I'll let you guys talk for a while, and then I'll come back. This is a totally story facilitating song. It's is, this is the climax that sets up the last act. Um, the hand, much like described in the song, the wretched comes through, and it is an alien that talks to everybody. So the this head. is the hand from the Zelda games coming down. Yes, and it, tell, it, it, it basically not says, the first time we're going to mention Zelda in this. Uh, yeah. thing. Oh no! It says clean up your act, or we're going to lay waste and start anew on your planet. Uh, you guys have fucked everything up. You've destroyed the environment. You've destroyed each other. So you got very little time to show us you're better than that. Um, yeah. Does this song have a chorus? It just has the your yeah, t- time is tick, tick, tick. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. one time. It's basically part A for a long time and then part B. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So as far as I mean, this is there's this is another song with talking in it, but I this is the one I was saying I think it benefits the song. It just works with the song a lot better. I can't really put my fingers on it. It's the tone, the way it's done. It feels like you're you're. It feels like you're something crazy just happened. And you've been like able to hear people's thoughts and like how they're reacting to it immediately because it's thoughts and stream of consciousness. I think it works for me on this song, um, and it's just such a cool song for the story that. You know, I don't know. I like it. If it's the mood, it's not too long. Yeah, and it furthers the story, and uh, you know, it's a, it's well placed. So, go ahead, Brian. I was, just, I, I feel like musically, he really is doing something conceptual here in the song because you have that bass line that takes you for a walk, mm-hmm. and then it goes for what two measures, and then or two repeats, and then it changes to another guitar tone, whether it's palm muted or something else, doing the exact line, and then it changes to a different sound, but it's not layered. Like he normally does things, so if you listen to it, you'll hear that same riff played a different on a different instrument or in a different octave, over and over. It to me it gets repetitive. It isn't one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Um, when it first comes in the beginning, I really like it. Yeah. But it it wears on me. The song. Yeah. Kind of tires me out. I would agree with that. I mean, it's not one of my favorite tracks, but I mean, they're doing a little more interesting dynamics in this one. Um, I really like some of the line delivery. Uh, one example is um, your greed, self-importance, and your arrogance. You piss it all away. Um, again, I'm all about the line delivery sometimes with some of these lyrics that uh, I've talked about that before. Another thing that's worth mentioning is I've never heard of an audio spectrogram. I've heard of these things, but apparently when this song is run through an audio spectrogram, you see the shape of the presence in that damn thing. Yeah, I saw a little bit about that. Yeah. So Is that the hand? That's the hand. And so the presence is the hand that you see on the album cover. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. And also what's worth noting is when I was part of the spiral, I did send away and got the premium membership with the big PDF poster or the big poster. And it had some of the song titles. One of the song titles on that with teeth poster was the warning. It's probably highly unlikely that this song was the same song that was on there. Who knows what that was all about. Maybe he He probably just liked the title. He probably did. This probably fit more into the line of the narrative that was going on. Um, and 
Yeah, so it, yeah. it's a, it's an all right song, but it's not a, it's not one I go to. Right. So it's not in my top four. There's a yeah, a couple parts on on it that uh, snippets I like is the line delivery of so much potential. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. that potential? part. Yeah. And uh, then there's that guitar buzzsaw that drops in at one point, which is great. Which is yeah, at the end. Yeah, down down yeah. out. That's it's like good, the first time they changed that guitar melody. Is mm-hmm. at the end where they do that. It's a good track. It leads us to the song I thought was coming up a few songs ago, <laughs> which is actually probably my favorite song on the album, which is "God Given." Bold statement. All right, so let's hear a little bit of uh, "God Given." God given, this is definitely a track. Which, uh, oh, by the way, we forgot to mention that Capital G was a single, wasn't it? It was, but it wasn't an official Halo. But it was a single. It was a single. Right. It was only done on vinyl, okay. and it had some remixes. But we can talk about some of the remixes yeah. once right. we get to that part. Yeah. So God given, which I think was also not a single, but maybe could have been. Um, this song grew, grew on me over the years. I actually kind of, when the first album first came out, I was like, "This is ridiculous." Now it's uh, the highlight track for me. Um, it's because of the chorus. For me, that's what saves yeah. it. it. Because it's got that like David Bowie type swagger. Yeah, like, I can see that. He gets that little voice thing. And we see. Yeah. No, actually, the I'll get to the verses in a second. Hmm. Um, well, well, a couple things I want to point out. I really the opening like thunderclap type beat that echoes off. It uh, for some reason. In my mind, if we're going to do a shared universe thing, yeah, that sound echoes off into the distance and somehow goes into the ruiner world where the giant monolith the horns are. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, That'd be cool. It mutates over time and space yeah. and it becomes those. Yeah. Well, the horns monolith sound, that's not from ruiner. Oh, it is from yeah, ruiner. Is. Yeah. I was thinking yeah. of becoming. They're both good songs. Yeah. So, yeah, anyhow, right. ruiner. Yeah. They don't even sound the same, but like the dirty vibe it gives me, I like. The, the, it's just something bigger than I can see. Speaking of that drum beat, yeah. Brian yeah. made an interesting observation. So, uh, yeah, the drum beat on this song in the intro is also used as the intro to My Violent Heart and is also the intro to Zero Sum at the end of the Different album. Different tempo. Yes. Sl- slowed down, but... If you are if you were to take your, uh, you know, the fragile and downward spiral have... Uh, Common. Motifs to come back. That drum beat at different tempos is definitely on those three it's songs. It's interesting that it's a drum beat that's the motif. 
for Year Zero. Usually it's, it's like piano. Well, right. there Something are, with melody. There yeah. are some of the other sounds in there, too. Like, um, there's one key little piano sound that, that also carries over and all okay. of them. But yeah, you're, for the most part, it's the drums. So Eric, how do you feel about this track? Yeah, I think it's a great track. I agree with you. There was, there was a couple times where I thought it might be my favorite on the album. Um, it's close. Um, so obviously, like, Trent Reznor's thoughts on religion um, have been pretty clear over the years, and this falls into, you know, uh, heresy and, and stuff like that. But um, it also facilitates the story because, uh, according to the story, basically what happens is after the aliens say clean up your actor, we're going to kill you. The evangelical church, which has a name that's shown up in some of the things called the Church of Pono or Pono, they basically say, yeah, the aliens are right. And by the way, those aren't aliens. That's God. And there are a lot of things wrong and it's everybody but us. So if you're not, you don't look like us, you don't believe like us, we're going to eradicate you to, to and, and then God will take us up to heaven. Uh, and they, uh, yeah, and they go around, they create something called the Neighborhood Cleansing Project where they encourage their... Uh, that sounds like something that's coming soon. Yeah, they, they encourage their churchgoers to uh, uh, turn their neighbors in for treason and just round people up in the streets. And or so if you're at CVS and an African-American Jew's eating a coupon, you call the cops on them. Right. You know, that kind <laughs> of thing. Yeah, so, yeah, this is that neighbors turning on each other kind of thing and then also justifying this act and totally misinterpreting it for your, for your faith uh, and to basically justify... Um, exclusion. So, anyway, yeah, I think this, it's a really cool song. These lyrics are totally heavy-handed, and there's no subtext, but that's fine sometimes. And I think when I try to explain, I try to explain, my mom um, is very spiritual, and she uh, goes to the Methodist Church in Newcastle, which actually, in Newcastle, California, they have a new pastor, and it is a uh, African-American woman that moved here from the East Bay. So I'm very curious how that's going to work out. I think that's uh, pretty interesting for Newcastle. Um, but sometimes I try to explain to her, like a lot of my hangups with religion is not because the idea of God, it's just this outright bigotry that you try to cloak as something else. Right. And this paints a perfect picture of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, the, totally. the, yeah. the, the lyrics are, are right there on the page. And then I really do, I actually, Mark was saying he likes the chorus. I like the verse a lot. Yeah. I feel it kind of has this vibe, like you're in some kind of interrogation room or something. And that second verse that says, uh, uh, where he's talking about, oh, wait, wait a minute. I just love it when step, you... Step oh, into the light. Something's yeah. not right here. Like, yeah. I love the way he delivers that. I love when he says, because you believe in the wrong piece of wood. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyways, it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a cool song. If this was that stage musical, you'd have a bunch of people doing atrocious acts, rounding up people while they're, like, singing basically like a gospel revival in the middle of the stage. I think this is the most theatrical he might have, he might have ever been. Right. And for this song, it works. This actually sounds like it could be a pig song also. It sounds like it could be off the the last pig album, The Revelation or whatever. Right, The Risen. The The Risen. Risen. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm all about the song. Mark, how do you feel? I always appreciate when a song tells me when it's time where I could sing along. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Everybody now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's the first time he's ever called. It's a revival tent. He wants that call and response. Yeah. Yeah. He's having fun with his lyrics on this album. And I will say, like, this album, because it's a concept album, makes it one of the most um, unapproachable. But it, there are so many catchy songs on this that it also, it, sometimes it's his most poppy album. Yeah. I don't know if anybody agrees with that. I, I would say that. Occasionally. Like, yeah. This song right here could definitely be in the club scene in uh, mm-hmm. a Michael Bay movie. Right. <laughs> this is definitely your industrial yeah. club banger. Oh, um, it's good. Love it. 
and it's got some whispering. I would never tell you anything that wasn't absolutely true. You know that. It's got, <laughs> shit, that was pretty good. It's got some, and it's got some falsettos with the uh, the chosen ones. Uh-huh. That, you know, it's a, uh, it's got some good stuff in it. There's a lot going on in this particular track. It's, it's got a lot of swagger. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I, let's go to the next track. Uh, or Brian, I was just gonna say, yeah. you know, from a from a song perspective, um, like you said, it's a very danceable song. It, mm-hmm. it, it could be like a club type song. Um, uh, I do. I really like the verse vocals, like you said. The chorus actually never stuck out to me as much, but the line right leading up to it, "Come on, sing along, everybody now," mm-hmm. that part you know makes you want to kind of sit with give them. In. Um, <laughs> and then and then the dynamic dropout after that chorus where he does the whisper, and then it goes absolute silence. Yeah. And then, and then it comes in the right. Wow. Yep. Yeah. That and part. Then, wait, I and love then, that and part then after so. that part, you just very did very well. The little echo effect kind of gets in there. It's kind of that keys sound. Yeah. Yeah. No. The the end of it. The end of it actually. There's some production towards the end of this track where they start layering a few things on top of each other. That almost gets to like a downward spiral level of dense a D towards the end of this track. Yeah. Okay. It's a good one. Yeah. It is a good one. And, and man, the one-two punch of this and Meet Your Master is I wonderful. Actually, I actually have to bow out now, too. As well. Oh, all right. So, Fortunately. So, so Brian's saying he's leaving, but like your favorite comedy podcast, in a minute, one of his crazy, wacky characters will be back. It'd be a gay lifeguard or racist social worker. Yeah. <laughs> Great. It's like, oh, boy. Find well, me on the message board. <laughs> Before you have to take off, uh, what, what is your favorite Nine Inch Nails song? I have three that came to mind. Uh, right, I love it. And I've, give, and I've said them. The Wretched. I think I already okay. said that. Yeah. Um, of course. Uh, oh, my God. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's, uh, Put on love, the spot. love is not enough. Oh, okay. interesting. Uh, and you guys are going to love me for this one. Reptile. <laughs> and I think that's my all-timer. Reptile, Reptile's all-timer. Reptile's wow. Okay. And I, maybe just a nostalgic thing. The first time I heard that song, like I used to skip that track because I was like, what the hell is this intro? Like I couldn't yeah. even sit through the intro. Sure. I was young. I didn't have to But man, as soon as that hit, woo. Yeah. It's a good song. I mean, it's a good song. It's I wouldn't say my favorite. It's probably <laughs> not in my top ten, but hey, teach their own. It's not bad. Well, uh, ladies share, and gentlemen, I know you guys uh, loved it so much. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah. for, uh, for for joining yeah, for us Yeah, for making tonight. the drive out here yeah. and staying up late. We have, yeah. Yeah. oh God, it's ten thirty. All right, <laughs> we're doing fine. We're doing fine. We always say these episodes are going to be like an hour and a half tops, and then yeah. Well, there's so much to say. Brian, thanks for coming out. Yeah. Brian, thank sure. you. And yeah. uh, so, like as Brian walks out the door, we're going to go ahead and listen to a little bit of Meet, Meet Your, Your Master. Master. <laughs> Against the polished steel This is something different Like the way it feels No time for asking questions No time for wondering We've had enough from you now We've heard everything You don't play a new game You don't misplanful You what we tell you Tone. Used to be the leader, but 
So that was a little bit of Meet Your Master, and uh, we said a fond farewell to our good friend Brian Strand, and he gave us his debrief on the rest of this record. So when we throw in uh, the end, we will uh, be able to share you his thoughts on the record. But as speaking far of, as Meet speak, Your Master... Uh, hold on. Speaking of Brian leaving, uh, we're tired of hearing ourselves talk. I'm definitely tired of hearing Eric talk. Oh my! God. And so we, uh, we we like having guests on, and uh, I think our next episode we might have our first female guest. So I'm finally we're gonna break up this goddamn boys club. Yes. So that's all. Excellent. It's in, it's in the books. It's coming. I can't wait for that. But so meet your master. Oh, um, so good. So okay, but Mark, you you said something during the break, and I and I do agree with you. So so say it again. This is what I was saying about this particular song. This is coming towards the end of the record, and now I feel that I can't... I'm having trouble picking these songs out of a police lineup. Yeah, I'm, none of these songs are Fenster. I'm really starting to feel that he founded a pretty cool drum beat on his Pro Tools, Audio Loops, uh, Garage Band, uh, Logic, whatever he was using, and decided, I'm going to just go ahead and make that every intro to most of my songs on this and I understand thematically, I mean, it's not the first time that he's carried motifs from song to song, but where I feel that uh, he's just changing up the lyrics is where I start to get a little confused. Now, I disagree on that as a whole. I do agree that he's getting repetitive in his starts. Half this album starts with his electronic drum beat and then builds on it. Fine, mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. But the drum beat is very similar, and sometimes it's the same as we just talked about. That is a problem. That is, that is a misstep on his part. There's other ways to start a song, and it doesn't just have to be your. It doesn't have yeah. to be. It does not have to be that. Yeah. Um. It, so I do agree with you. However, God given, meet your master ends up going to so many great places. I can pick them out of a lineup. It's not just the lyrics. The music does get very interesting, in my opinion. But yes, as far as starts go, it's not very interesting. So I I, will, I get your point. If you're just skipping songs. Uh, who could pick it out? Right. Yeah. But this song goes to great places. Um, I actually think this is my favorite song on the album. Wow. wow. Yeah. This Tell is, us why. This, yeah. This song... This song, this song... You're not on trial here, but uh, I don't agree. Okay. That's fine. Um, so this song is uh, catchy as all hell. This chorus gets is the one that's been stuck in my head this entire process of listening to this. Um, and I'm not even sure what he says in it. <laughs> <laughs> yet I, yet I, yet I still. Uh, oh, this is the one. Yeah. Dum ding something something. Hey, da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got some good haze and shouts, and you yeah, know I love those. Um, the the song itself, oh, as far right. as it ties into the story, is important because this is when the angry sniper character Mom raised it. crosses the line. This is when the angry sniper character crosses the line and like kidnaps a member of Congress and like tortures it. Like that's you guys can't see this, but I was just giving Mark some shit. And he did what my two-year-old does to me when he shoes me out of the room. Yeah. So. I held up two fingers and at That is like, you <laughs> know, now. that is very symbolic of what you just did to me while I was talking about the song and completely changed the subject to be about something completely else, completely different. But anyways, yeah, it's about the resistance crossing the line and then becoming the villains themselves. That's what the song is about. I think it's important as far as the story goes. I think it's an interesting concept. It's, it's Trent analyzing uh, violent resistance. Um, and uh, I think it's a catchy, catchy as all hell song. I like the song a lot, and it does that cool improvisational uh, tweaking of the of the loops towards the end that I enjoy. And uh, this is a this is this song's my earworm. I, I can't get it out of my head. I don't know. Here's what I'll give this song. 
uh, valid points. It it kind of is an earworm to an extent. The baseline, the descending baseline, is pretty good. It's a low. It's a oh god, is that the is that a really distorted guitar or a bass? That that's the, it's it's the bass. The, the, There's I mean you have to. It's a da 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 It's a very persistent bass line. And then also around the three-minute mark, there's some orchestral keyboards that then just underneath that have, I don't know how else to explain it, they sound like another set of synths that could call back to the downward spiral buried in there. Right. It's a... There's a couple parts in this album where the keys remind me of some of the lesser explored parts in the downward spiral that don't just jump out at you. Yeah, that's that's fair. So, anyways, I I, I love this song. I think it's cool. I think it I think it furthers the story in the right way and is a, is about a you know reasonable thing for Trent to be questioning. Um, I think it's been questioned again in other ways. Uh, it reminds me of um, uh, Uncanny X Force, the comic book, where they look at. Yeah, a lot of you, comic talk. Talk to me. Yeah, if you go back in time and kill somebody truly evil, uh, is it worth it? And the 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 reality is, it may avoid some things, but there's always repercussions to violence. And uh, this is a big song that follows that that analysis. So I I like the song a lot. I mean, I'm trying to still place the chorus uh, in my mind. I know we just heard a little bit of the. The Count down to the end. Hey, gotta make it go faster, faster, right down. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. Yeah, gotta meet your master. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Can't um, all hell. No. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, but I could see like if you're like in your car in Sun Shuffle and that opening drum beat starts and you're like, cool, fifteen other songs on this album start the same way. Skip. I get it, but if you just give it a little time, no, you're right. It the chorus is super catchy. Really good. I think it's a great song. So yeah, no, it's not a bad track. I mean, uh, it's just it. I think it's indicative that I'm having such a hard time trying to place the the chorus. But now that the chorus is in my head, uh, no, there is some good good stuff. It's classic Nine Inch Nails in that sense. Um, maybe it's just kind of album fatigue at this point for me, um, where I feel like okay. I feel this dynamic has been overutilized, and I'm just now it's become a a blur between yeah, all. He's, sti- he's sticking yeah. to a pretty small palette of sounds on this album, and not expanding from it. And I understand that. I think that's right. fair. Yeah, but you know, it's not a bad track. Yeah. All things considered, I mean, if they played it live, I wouldn't be uh, upset about it. But oh, at the same if time, if they play it live when we see him in December, I'm gonna be putting my dance shoes on. You guys, you be watch out. I'm gonna come out of retirement. <laughs> Yeah, test that one good hit. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> so that gets us to uh, the greater good. All right, let's hear a little bit of that one. What's funny about The Greater Good, which we just listened to a snippet of, is uh, in my notes, uh, Eric groaned. That wasn't in my notes. Eric just groaned. And uh, Eric, out of the three of us, holds the Tom Waits crown. Uh, We all like Tom Waits. Uh, But Eric just, I think he just edges me out. 
Um, this song to me sounds like it could be like off one of Tom Waits's weird cabaret <laughs> type stage presentations, which fits into what you were sure. saying about this being a play. It sounds like one of those weird like oh plinking songs and somebody muttering in the corner Tom Waits songs to me. Yeah, that that fair. Yeah, but a Nice Nails version of that. Yeah, yeah it's fair. it's dispensable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, yeah, as much as I like you know Tom Waits, I, it's more of the spoken word stuff. It's a list. Hey, there's a list, Mark. There's a list, and this is the Mark one. Likes but, some he, list lyrics. but again, he's whispering, so I'm not too uh, persuasion. You can really hear it, and there's like Coercion. a plinking. There's like a plinking of just like I don't know, the bottom of a guitar, or sure. a fucking harp. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Doo-doo, it's, doo-doo. it's musically rather uninteresting. Breathe. Um, lyrically, basically, this is um, breathe. More, this is more reactions to the aliens ultimatum. And this is the government taking the brainwashed people. This is, we have disappeared into you. This is the hive mind. This is, um, kind of the mass sedation. Everybody maybe coming together, knowing that the end is near. It it would fit fighting and not changing. It would fit perfectly on that show fringe. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I know because they definitely brought up fringe into this. This whole thing could be, no, but, I know. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I know. But yeah, it, it definitely... Picking up what I'm putting down. Oh, yeah. Um, but it's 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 just a transitional song that just doesn't do anything. It's not like you're going to look for this track. It's no, just it, one it, of those it's things. It's a space filler that I'm sure he thought he needed to have it before the next song for whatever... It's a five-minute space filler. Come on! This is, is my really last five minutes, minutes long? Yeah, it's four minutes and 52 seconds. Yeah. That's this way is the, too long. This is the low point of the album for me. The only, pro- the only thing long. I'll really give it is a... Uh, there's some really muffled uh, since the right. at one point. Yeah, and I mean the music. Uh, Trent's doing it. it's never going to be you know terrible to listen to. It's just one of the least interesting musically on the album. But yeah, there's it's nice of you to always find a good moment, Stephen. <laughs> it's your superpower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a uh, this is interesting. Usually, one of us is a dissenter. We all agree yeah. we don't need this track on the right. album. Yeah, it, I mean, it was if even anything, a, it should be a minute long, not four yeah, minutes. Even there me, who's f- waving the flag and all battle torn from defending the vessel, I can't get behind this. So, yep. Uh, all all right. right, so let's hear a little bit of the next track, which is the Great Destroyer. All right. How do you feel about the Great Destroyer? Oh, it's an awesome song. It's the it's the climax of the album, so to speak. So everything uh, after this is the big come down. Uh, yeah, the song, but no, 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 no. Right, right. It totally is. Yeah. It totally is. It's uh, it's everybody dealing with dealing with the uh, with the aftermath. So this, if this is the wall, this is the trial. If this is Antichrist superstar, this is Antichrist superstar. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in this song. 
we've kind of seen how the church reacted to the to the alien presence. We've seen how the government did, and now we see the resistance who has crossed the line. Uh, this song is specifically about the angry sniper character, um, basically uh, believing he is the eradicator. Could they have just thought of a better name up. than angry sniper? Well, it's his, it's his, it's his, it's all uh, message board based. So it's his, they don't give him a name, but anyways, uh, it's a cool song. It is, uh, when you've been completely consumed by that violent in your heart. And, uh, this lyrically could have fit on the natural born killer soundtrack. It could have fit on downward spiral. It feels like a nine inch nails song. If you just read the lyrics, the music itself is catchy and it's a, it's, it's a, driving rock song that has plenty of bombast. It's a cool song. I like it. So they it 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 seesaws back and forth maybe between this character referring to themselves as the great destroyer that has limitless potential. And then down here I, I like the the verse about turn it up listening to the shit they pump into your head filling you with apathy. Yeah, that's the that's the brainwashing drug. Okay. Yeah. The filling you with apathy line that that's uh it resonates with uh, this modern day. Right. Yeah. He's basically saying, uh, yeah, he's basically saying, you've been made to not care anymore. Don't worry. I'm going to end it fast for you. Everything about this song dynamically works for me. Um, I do like the noisy industrial kind of uh, electro jam that he throws at you towards the end. Um, I am a big fan of the lyrics. Um, and... Uh, the chorus is, is I hope they cannot see the limitless potential living inside of me. Um, big fan of that. What I am never was able to get on, on board with was that last vocal delivery of I am the great destroyer, because it really feels like it's the intro to a power Rangers <laughs> Saturday morning cartoon. Uh, is this, is this it, kiss destroyer? No, it's when exactly. It's not a kiss moment. It's when, uh, I think you brought this up first, when Link gets the Master Sword. Exactly. I love it. I mean, I, 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 whoever I, said Freddie Mercury was right on also. When, I, that, when yeah. I first heard that this song and that part came on, I was like, I can't believe. O- almost as ridiculous as the bass goes bomb is that yeah. great destroyer. Yeah. But it really sounds like an anime cartoon, and all of a sudden he's about to you know, have a sonic boom moment or something like that. It's a little on the nose. Yeah, he powers up and then he smashes everything. Like the whole screen, if you have epilepsy, it's going to give you a a seizure kind of deal. And then it goes into, you know, some nonsense. And it's not bad because... It goes into some of the best noise on the album. Yeah. As far as the noise goes. Yeah, the improvisational tweaking and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's... It's fine. I mean, cool. that's what it's the price I was, of admission. I was saying that the, the 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 line you're talking about, Mark, I didn't say Freddie Mercury, but as soon as somebody said that, I immediately thought of, like, the Highlander theme. The uh, princes of the universe, and it just totally was that in Highlander. Or was that no? Like, that's that's Highlander. Princes oh, really? of the universe. You're yeah, okay. not masters of the universe. Because I was thinking yeah. of like Flash Gordon or something. No, oh, there's like Flash that. Gordon also. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash. <laughs> but no, the the princes of the universe is a Queen song from Highlander, and that is that has a very similar bit of epic bombast. Um, it doesn't bother me. It's it's almost darkly funny that it would be in this song, which is really dark content. But. Um, Anyways, because if I it doesn't was, bother me, if I was showing Nine Inch Nails for the first time to somebody who's never heard, and I made them a mixtape and I put that on there, they would probably look at me like, 
what just happened? What the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> and I'd say, what the fuck are you doing in my house? Get out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that, it's a cool song. I like it. No, musically, it's yeah. cool. I, yeah, it, so, it is a ridiculous moment. I will give you that, and I will also say it's a strength. When we <laughs> shout out to the opening of the, the track, I love the boom, 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 boom. Right. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. It's got yeah. some good uh, yeah. boom, bip yeah. action going on. And yeah, he mixes up the drum beat there, which is nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, um, what I... Uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll talk about a little uh, when we talk about the remix for, yeah. uh, album, but they do a more stripped down version sure. that takes that part out and yeah. it completes the song for me. A stripped down version, but more complete, I think. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, uh, story wise, the aliens gave us the ultimate, ultimatum. Government fucked it up, the church fucked it up, and now the resistance has fucked it up. Uh, all have been too violent. And we get the great ending. To, uh, to this planet Earth. So the hand comes down and smashes everybody? Right. We get the eradication. Uh, Pull out and we get the Twilight the, Zone episode. And we get the another version of the truth instrumental track. All right, so let's hear a little bit of another version of the truth. So this is going to, uh, I'll bring this up on the remix album again. And by the way, folks, like we tend to do with the ancillary stuff, we're not going to dwell on the remix stuff much. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. We're not I will in private, but yeah. on the show, we'll go yes. through it. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go. <laughs> but uh, one of the remixes of this song and also this song, this song, it reminds me, like, this will be the first time I think we brought up this game on the show. It reminds me of the game Bioshock. Yeah. Um, this, could, this sounds like it could be played in Raptor. This was, uh, yeah. this was guess Brian Strand's favorite song on the album too. Really? Right? Yeah, I think that's one of them. I think it's yeah. a good song. I think it's a good instrumental song. It's very simple. It's yeah. uh, also it's a harbinger of what's to come on the slip. This right. song could be on the slip, um, even though there's not much to it. It's basically uh, the sound of someone playing a forlorn piano in a warehouse off in the distance. Right. That's about it. So it's funny you said off in the distance. So this song being, you know. The worst possible outcome for the story has happened. Uh, Earth's being eradicated. And instead of telling it, he's just letting us hear a, a melancholy instrumental, pretty but melancholy instrumental track. Another version of the truth was with the name of one of the resistant websites. Um, and that's where you could follow the link to the Grace the Teacher blog, which is the character. Grace the Teacher isn't a character, but the blog is an entire story about a, fa- a grandfather that takes his family out into the woods where they can drink well water, not be brainwashed, and not be really involved in the resistance or the government and just kind of do their own thing. So that make in my head when I heard this song, and you said far off in the distance, this is them, the only true innocence in the story, watching the end of the world. So it's and like that movie, The Woods. Is that the movie? With the them? Village, maybe. The Village. The, oh, yes. Oh, maybe, yeah, but it's it's basically the only true innocence that gets to watch the end of the world, and then it, and then in this twilight, which is coming next, kind of more Trent Reznor is and more li- literal. So, anyways, that's that that's a, the the only if there was a hero to the story, it's this family. Um, and anyways, they only kind of show up at the end, but uh, 
That's my opinion. Great. It's this album's version of a warm place. That's all I got. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. All right. So yeah, it goes into in this twilight. Let's go into the next track in this twilight. Watch the sun as it crawls across the final time. And it feels like, like it was a friend. It is watching us. So this is a good this this track. I think that uh, personally, I think Year Zero does a good job following up on With Teeth with a one-two punch closer. Definitely that uh, two two tracks that go well together. Oh yeah, they 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 make one cohesive whole. Um, this this song this song paints uh, even without Eric's. Uh, and by the way, thank you for all of the storytelling tonight. I don't know how you <laughs> kept all that in your head. I appreciate it. I think it tells a good just the vibe of this. Makes you feel like you're watching the bombs drop or something, right? Which, exactly, you know, and that's what that, and on. that's what you're trying to do. It goes back and forth from perspective from the people that caused the problem to the people that are the the family that's living on the farm that's separate from it. But either way, it's a shared mo- moment of kind of remorse for the world um, without the painstaking guilt that will follow in the next song. Uh, but it's yeah, it's a it's a pretty song. Um, yeah, it paints a picture. It's good. It has one thing that it has in it that. Uh, an, a, a sound effect that in the the second time the chorus rolls through, there's like a I don't know what instrument they're using, but it sounds like there's like a dolphin chirping. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No. What Meow. part? Bump, bump, bump. Oh, there is a there is a lot like a high pitched thing. I can see what you mean. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah exactly I know it's part. Yeah, and it, it vibrates. Course, but oh, yeah, yeah yeah. But can you see it? And yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I just it gives that that feeling of space and things echoing into the yeah. distance. Yeah, Mark, how do you how do you feel about this track? I love it. I absolutely love this song. Um, I saw it live once with when they were on tour during the 2008. Uh, so it was during the tour when Ghosts and Slip were out, um, and they had a really cool backdrop. It was kind of along the lines of when they used to have like. Uh, when they played Eraser, they would have all of those imagery and just chaos. So it was very similar to that, but it was just a very serene uh, landscape with, it looked like they were playing in front of a factory. And so this was towards the end of, end of their set. And um, I think it might have even precluded, you know, that old standby hurt. I don't think they played zero sum in fact, but they did play this one. And, uh, during the the chorus, little little shots of flame would come out. Not literal, real flame, but just part of the screen, and it just really always sticks with me. So whenever I listen to this song, um, I always remember that particular uh, how it was presented live. Big fan of the chorus. 
big fan of the whole uh, this whole song. It's it's really good. It's a really good ending piece to the narrative right before it goes into the next track. Um, this could have closed the album, um, but yeah, I think it, it would have been it would have been an interesting closer. It's a more of a um, an ambiguous. I mean, you, you still uh, shit's going down and things aren't good for anybody. But it kind of ends in a, like, what might happen next note? Whereas opposed to zero sum is kind of like a nail in the coffin. Like, right. well, yeah. hell. Um, right. But it's a great song. And like I said... I'm glad much, this wasn't the last song. Yeah, much like yeah. With Teeth, I think it's a... With, with Teeth was a... Beside You in Time. Beside You in Time, followed up by Right, right Where, Where it belongs. belongs. Yeah. I think that I always listen yeah. to those two back-to-back often. Yeah. And I listen to these two back-to-back often. Yeah. Yeah, because um, if... Yeah, if Trent's not going to give us an... A nice little warm, fuzzy feeling wrapped in a bow for his last thing. He's gonna, yeah, he's gonna bring it back because so. it does end kind of optimistically. But yeah. the sky is filled with light. Can you see it? It's like with all this dystopian, there yeah. is probably yeah. That sense we of will hope. find a better place in this twilight. Yeah, uh, that's that's faith, and we all know what <laughs> Trent thinks about that. But in here, they have come. I mean, he's he's acknowledging there's comfort in faith. And we'll find a better place in this twilight. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. obviously, I think America is going through a dark time right now. Yeah. I don't care what side politically you're on, either if you're just if you're keeping your head in the sand. I do think that eventually we will come to a better place. Yeah, better. Um, yeah. There's not much choice considering yeah. some of the things going on. But, you know, I mean, it's if you kind of dwell on just everything that's awful. Yeah, no, it's true. Faith in something. Faith in a, a better change or, or a better a better place is is, is great. I mean, yeah, I'm pessimistic by nature. Yeah, um, but yeah but we all I need do, to have that. Or what's the point? Yeah. yeah, but I do feel that human history has had worse times. Sure. And I think that this is just a blip on the radar. And, you know, this kind of shows that there is going to be light in this dark times. Yeah. and. Uh, it's a good song for that. Yeah. yeah. Unless it turns out that enough of this country is brainwashed enough to where uh, they'll be happy with us being taken over from the inside, yeah. from an yeah. enemy uh, abroad. It's just a head in the sand kind of deal. People just are afraid to come to conclusions that, you know, like of being duped. Or you know? they're just so partisan that they'll choose my team one over the good of our country. Right. Yeah. Like certain father figures well <laughs> i mean we'll get into our george michael episode pretty soon uh with his classic track father figure <laughs> <laughs> and i was listening to uh what was i doing uh oh i'm not gonna talk about what i was doing but i did something masturbating <laughs> no <laughs> but it involved my body i'll leave it at that and i told my wife yeah i did this thing and then all of a sudden george george michael's freedom popped into my head and uh, that's a great song. It is a great song. Uh, anyhow, so in this Twilight is also a great song, almost as great of a song of what follows it. Zero which is zero sum. sum. All right, let's hear a little bit of zero sum.
All right, so that was zero sum. Yeah, another another triumph of a closing track. Yeah, by Reznor and friends. Yeah, uh, this song I always sing along to the chorus every goddamn oh, it's, time. Yeah, this is the second most catchy chorus on here. This is my favorite song off the record. What I like about it, and I did never saw this, but and you maybe you saw this, Mark, but I read about when they played it live, uh, and they would close it, and they would just repeat the chorus over and over again, as, and every time a different member of the band would leave the stage until you know it was what? just Trent. That's amazing. That would be so cool to see. But you are jogging my memory. I'm gonna have to look up the set list, but that sounds really familiar. I didn't now, see that, I, but I read about it when I read about now the here's, song. Yeah. Here's, um, I went to that ghost tour where they played in this twilight. That was a long time ago. It was. Now, they didn't play this whole song, but they just ago. did the they just did the hook. Say, okay, I read. Yeah. I was reading. They they don't play this whole song. No, live. they just do the hook and they, repeat okay. it as people leave the stage. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I wish they'd play the whole thing live. Yeah, I, I have no idea what this next tour is going to bring. If they played this song live, that'd be yeah. great. It's another one where they. It's his a lot speaking, of talking. His talking though works for the song because you're hearing people's thoughts. It's just like the warning. You're hearing it's it's what they are seeing at the end of the world, and it's the regret that's coming in. And I think for that, it's stream of consciousness. It works for me. Um, uh, you know, it, it's very clear how it ties in the story. Um, and yeah, and then you get to that chorus, and it's just straight up regret. We fucked up, um, you know, we suck, uh, and now we're dead. <laughs> what I like about this track, one of the main things that I like about it that, that stands out to me, is this album is uh, it's the most electronic Nine Snails album, yeah, by yeah, far, by far. And this one is kind of uh, you've been in Electroland for this entire record. This track kind of reminds you that, all right, well, this record is uh, almost over now, and we're going to remind you that uh, Nine Inch Nails is kind of like the whole point of the band a lot of the time is augmenting the organic with the cold. And I think the classic piano on this track mixed with the skittering drums is a great marriage. Oh, it's great. Yeah. 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 It's awesome. Yeah. So, fantastic closer. It is. I, I, it. Yeah. I, I mean... Um... Yeah, it it's great. It's not as emotional as uh, hurt or right where it belongs, um, right? Or even well, in that the, would be out. Of, and that's good because it would be yeah, out of place in this yeah. album. All of a sudden, have a a journal entry like this. Yeah. This record, he said he tried to write an entire album that didn't sound like he was pulling from his journals. Yeah, yeah. And, and I get if that. All, all of a sudden, if uh, you know, he talks about uh, you know somebody leaving him at the altar in this closing track in this record. Yeah, that'd be odd. Yeah. But I honestly, you know, it's the chorus that does make yeah. it more emotional because yeah. it is more of him in a more of a narrative sense, kind of wrapping everything up um, and uh, from a person's point of view. Yeah. Um, but yeah, That's I awesome. don't know. It's, yeah. it's a good album closer. Yeah. Um, so and, guys. And not to get, you know, well, I, I can't, I can get, but uh, in these day and age where we're having <laughs> debates about, well, you know, if we lock them up in cages, will we figure out what to do with their parents? Isn't that bad? How can you not help but feel a little shameful to be uh, an American? For sure. And just the yeah. chorus. We're just, at a, there, there is a few points in our history where we need to actually look at, like, if we were given a warning, are we making the right choice? Yeah. Where are we sending our trajectory? At the very least, fucking but, yeah. speak up for what's right. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I mean, if, I, if not... Right. I don't what think this particular song is bounded by boundaries. I think he's ma- mainly just talking about humankind. Yeah. Is right. that uh, we're 
we're all kind of awful. We're right. very and selfish we, people. We can't help ourselves sometimes. We know climate change is definitely probably occurring, but we just can't help ourselves. Right. And same with helping out the poor or how we treat minorities and the poor. In, yeah, in the but you could try just being, just trying to have a sense of empathy towards somebody in your day-to-day grind still yeah. is worth a damn. Yeah. And the zeros and ones is, in the story, it's the drugs they're brainwashing people with. But in real life, it's the, you know, the partisan news or the the reasons we justify these terrible things to the point where we don't fight back. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, there is definitely a distance. With, you know, when you're putting kids in cages, it's at a distance. But if they were actually – the, the leaders making these policies actually having to put kids in cages, they may rethink that policy. Right. In their mind, they're mm-hmm. just on a spreadsheet. It's just zeros and ones yeah. in that sense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, yep. A couple meanings there. I also yeah. – uh, this, this is actually neither here nor there, and then I'm going to end with a uh, audible part of the song that I like. But – when it comes to anything involving children, this is way off topic. I feel that once, and uh, you know, uh, having a child does not make you a better person than someone that does not have one. But I feel like having a kid typically seems to like unlock a part of you that didn't exist anymore when you, and so you feel more for when you think of children being abused. Sure. So then, when I see somebody that has kids that doesn't even be able to put their mindset in the mindset of another parent, they're doubly an asshole in my mind. Yeah. Right. Not it has sure. nothing to do with anything. Sure, right. right. Yeah. No, I get it. I get exactly. I just don't understand how, like anybody that has a kid can be like, ah. Well, kids' perspective, they're so they're so reliant on the support, you know, of their parents and emotionally, and like they're growing all the time, but they need that support. Yeah, my goddamn wife can't leave the house the without a kid time. freaking out. Now imagine yeah, leaving the entire know. time. So yeah, it, yeah, no, totally. Anyways, all right, this 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 album dropped at a we reviewed this album at a very touchy time for us, right? <laughs> dear oh, no, listeners, this is, yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this is a, this is dear we're, listeners. We're going yeah. through because yeah. I mean, this album came out at the end of George uh, W. Bush's uh, presidency, yeah. and right before, and then the next year we got Barack Obama, yeah. who was ushered in by a promise of hope and change and optimism. And it was just a stark contrast from what was right. occurring at the end of yeah. Bush's presidency. Or at least it was painted in a way that we could swallow it. Yeah. And Unfortunately, it, it doesn't mean that it was... Uh, and what kills me is no that... No president were, has ever been perfect except for Abraham Lincoln. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you will find some people that, you know, probably that are in the southern states that don't think fondly of Abraham Lincoln. Right. So you always have a different skewed perspective. But it's just how fast we boomeranged right back the other way. And we boomeranged back just so drastically. I thought that like a lot of these things that we talk about today were just settled. Yeah. Uh, But now everything is now a battleground again. Yes. It's all because of racist evangelicals in the gun lobby. So I can only hope that we'll boomerang back the other way and we'll boomerang back the other way hard. Um, but that's all I can hope for. Um, so anyways, let's go ahead and rate this album. Well, hold on. All right, sorry. No. Just the one last thing I want to bring up is the vocals where the last round of the chorus, you know, shame on us, and then Trent in the background mm-hmm. goes, shame on us. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing yeah, his... That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, where he's yeah. really. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I want just an ultra cut of him yeah. doing his uh, background yeah. spasms. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. Rate the album. Yeah. So okay. Rate the album, Eric. Okay. One out of nine. What do you got? Okay, uh, I will say the immersive experience of reading the story and analyzing the lyrics for it, bar none, the most fun I've had so far getting into an album. I'm just I loved it. 
that being said, the actual quality of the album, I would put this at a seven out of nine. Seven out of nine. Seven out of nine. Yeah. Steven? The highs are very high for me, but there are obvious flaws that we've talked about. This is not... Uh, uh, this does not mean it's a bad record. I would give it... Compared against other Nationales albums, I'd give it a 5.5. Okay. Compared against other Nationales okay. albums. Yeah. All right. That still puts it above many records. Yeah. And I could probably... What did I give? Pretty Hate Machine? <laughs> I feel like I'm always going to go six. back. Six. I think we're all in the six range. I think we're seven, I think, maybe. Yeah. When, when, at the end of the day, whenever it gets the lowest mark, mm-hmm. Pretty Hate Machine will at least be tied with that album. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, going back as we go through these, it's sometimes you have to retroactively change rating systems uh, based off of because me and Eric are doing this method. We're not going ahead. Right. I mean, yes, we listened to Bad Witch once right. through, but that's it, just once yeah. through, and that was going to be it. Right. Um, so I would actually rate this a six point five. It's not terrible, but um, and I'm sure that I've rated things probably. I mean, I don't know what I did fixed, for example. I mean, I'm not keeping track of this thing. Oh, man, I'm negative two. Um, but I don't really, I mean, in terms of the albums proper, uh, this, I, I do like the immersive experience, but it does get too samey. Um, I do like the political context. This is definitely a very political record. This is his most political record, I'd have to say. Um but yeah, it just doesn't necessarily resonate with me. When it first came out, I thought it was better than With Teeth because I was thinking that there was more catchy stuff on here. It was I was more on the electronic kick. Yeah, maybe you thought it was more experimental and this is wild thing he's doing here. But it didn't age necessarily the best in terms of the sound. I mean, it's not a bad record, but he doesn't really play a whole lot from this record, to be honest with you, when he comes live. And I don't know if maybe that's intentional or if he just is bored with this particular album. Right. I don't know. But anyways, it's not a bad record, but it's not one of my favorite. Sure. Um, it's, it's definitely a, a solid B C. So six and a half. That's a pretty good standard deviation. Yeah. Five, five to seven. Yeah. yeah. We're all. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're going to take a quick little break, and then we're going to come back and really just give you a brief yeah, uh, synopsis. Yeah, pound out uh, these gonna, remixes. Go through the remix album very quickly, yeah. and then talk about Saul Williams and an LP song. Excellent. We'll be right back. Perfect. So, your zero remixed, or if you want to count out the letters of this pretty cool title, then you can go do that. <laughs> no, um, don't do that. This is Halo. Guys, so t- did any Halo twenty five? Did any of you buy this when it first came out? I did. I, yeah, I, I got I it from. It. Actually, I think I borrowed it from Mark. Yeah. I, I don't think I listened to this for years. Yeah. I, I only listened it. to the once until recently. And then I listened to it. Yeah, Halo 25. I think I even have this on vinyl, to be honest with you. Yeah, I have it on in, CD in, and vinyl. In my mind, I was like, eh, it was an album I liked quite a bit, but I didn't have any desire it's, to hear it. It's probably the biggest change between the CD and vinyl release. The vinyl release has like five or six more songs on it. Yeah, that sounds about yeah. right. So, so this is Halo cool. 25. Now, is, this, wait, is this around when he dumped a bunch of stuff online? Yes, because right. there's a track on here that will tell you that. Yeah, um, so we'll so talk about that a little bit. This was released November 20th, 2007, yeah. so exactly, uh, let's say, eight months yeah. after the official release, and uh, it contains some remixes of the Year Zero um, 
So instead of going track by track and then really just getting all dirty on these things, we're just going to kind of go through them a little briefly. Yeah. First track, and we're just going to do the CD unless you want to talk anything about the vinyl. I will, but I'll do it as they line up with the other Got songs, it. so that's fine. Right. So it starts out with Gunshots by Computer, which is a remix uh, by Saul Williams, and it's a remix of the song Hyperpower. Sure. It was cool they did a remix for that because it's an instrumental, and pretty much they added you know, some something little things musically, but Saul Williams is doing his spoken word poetry rap over it. Yeah. And I think since he was such a huge collaborator at this time, we should talk a little bit about Saul Williams. Yeah, how yeah. did they, uh, they get together? I don't know. So from what I understand, uh, Trent Reznor saw the video for List of Demands off of Saul Williams' self-titled and uh, was completely blown away. I think he just reached out to him and was like, you, you're amazing. Yeah. Um, and I think they just hit it off and they started working together. You know, it's funny, I didn't... I think Saul Williams opened up for Trent Res- or from Nine Inch Nails uh, during this this leg of the tour too. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't. It's funny. I d- didn't realize I knew who Saul Williams was, but uh, back you know during my rap phase, I would buy any kind of urban related like new movie that came out, and I remember this indie movie called um, Slam was getting a lot of buzz, and it was yeah. about slam, slam poetry, poetry, and he's the lead. He's the lead in it, and that was what he was about with slam poetry when he first started. Yeah, and that's the thing is that. Sometimes you know who his brother is right. Who Michael K. Williams? The, the, guy with the Yeah, the actor. Oh, that's great. oh wow, Omar. He was in Black Panther, wasn't he? No, I'm positive he was supposed to be in Solo, but he got cut out from that one. Who's uh. the guy that played? Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Who's the guy that played Black Panther? No, not Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther's dad. Oh no, that's Sterling K. Brown. Sterling. Okay, Michael K. The My, K. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 From um, uh, This Is Us. Yes. Um, and. Did a great job as Christopher Darden. But anyways, go ahead, Steve. I was going to say, uh, yeah, no, I like his stuff. you got to be in the mood. If, if, if slam poetry is not your thing, you probably right. got to be in the mood for it. Yeah. I made the joke. This totally reminds me of that Mr. Show sketch. Yeah. Or the American flag. Um, but he's he knows how to dial it. I, I think he hits a good happy medium in between slam poetry and actual rapping. Right. And right. also, I think, I haven't listened to any of his other albums, but the one that Trent produced... The majority of and helped write some of it. Yeah, was a uh, the liberation of Niggy Tardust. I think it's right, called. the inevitable rise and liberation yeah. of yeah. Niggy Tardust. Think any listener, listening. and he's, that's a full on Trent Reznor. Uh, yeah, Trent joint. did all yeah. the music like on that. Lot, yeah, yeah if you like Trent Reznor, seek that album out. It's yeah, it's a Trent Reznor project with a different vocalist. Yeah, and uh, I revisited it this week. Uh, Mark's pretty fond of it. Yeah, I like um, it a it's lot. A good record. I like it a lot. I I'm with you on the same thing. Slam poetry. I kind of. I kind of like it as its thing. I don't seek it out, but I appreciate it as its thing. But when it comes into rap music, it's kind of like, well, there's no rhythm to it. You're just kind of saying things fast. And he does do that a little bit. But he has excellent rhythm, and he can sing, and he can rap. I mean, he's fan- he's he, he's really he's good, good when he's on. And there's a lot of good songs on this album. The thing with the inevitable rise and liberation of Nicky Tardust was the fact that you could uh, they made a choice. You could either buy it or get a free download on NickyTardust.com, or users could pay $5 to get a higher version, a higher uh, lossless MP3 of it. And uh, because uh, Trent Reznor saw what uh, Radiohead did with In Rainbows, where you could pay whatever you want. And so he decided to try to experiment with that a little bit by seeing how many people would actually pay for it. Yeah. And I guess only less than 20% of people actually threw down $5. Oh, wow. That's too so bad. So that is too bad. But it kind of yeah. proves, you know, that... Yeah. Um, people take stuff for free if they can. Exactly. Yeah. And well, it's, so, a, it's a cool album. A lot of album. his his themes totally line up with the themes on Year Zero. It makes sense they collaborated so much in this, especially on these remixes. And it came out around the same time, too. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, seek that one out. We'll we'll uh, we'll open it up if 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 you know fans. Let us know if you really want us to go through that one. Uh, let us know on our on our yeah. Facebook page or Twitter. We can either do and, a bonus episode. Yeah, we'll or... do a bonus episode for it if if the if the interest is there because it's a cool album. No, it's worth. That's actually yeah. it's worth a track. By yeah, track. yeah, it Not is. Not just the U two cover. Yeah, um, it absolutely, which yeah. is great. Yeah, that's yeah. good, but yeah. it's all right. And, and Gunshots by Computers, it's 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 uh, the first track off the album, basically yep. remixed with yeah. the the hyper power, and he's yeah. just kind of going over the the yeah the spoken so, word poetry version. It's all right. So moving right along. The Great Destroyer, actually, we should talk about that for a minute because it might be better than the original. It's cool. Yeah. It's it cool. It sounds to me like uh, OK Computer era Radiohead stuffed through a Nine Inch Nails filter. Totally does. So totally, this, with you got your electric background with your acoustic guitar over the top. Yeah. Totally. And yeah, this a little, is... A little subdued and maudlin. Mod Wheel Mood, which I found out today, thanks to Mark, that this is... Alessandro Cortini, right? Who is yeah. a live musician? And then Aaron was also Aaron North also was on uh, the song. He borrowed a good, an acoustic oh, guitar. Oh, I saw. Yeah. That's right. That's what I'm reading. He, okay, he did it all himself. So, yeah. Mod Wheel Mood. Have you listened to any of other music? No, it's available on the streaming services. Uh, I think I've tried to take a look, and I it's not like it's bad or anything. It's yeah. just you know. It, I, life's too short. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's funny. It's actually a really toned down version. It's a much more poppy version of the song. Yeah, it's good. It, uh, it but like it, it, almost, it sounds like a Brit pop uh, yeah. uh, ballad. It's really good. Yeah, yeah it could it's be a Radiohead really song. Could be a Gorilla song. It would. It's it's but it's great. It's uh it's a great. It's, it's a, totally a great different yeah. reimagining. Yeah, uh, I definitely seek it out. Yeah, uh, coming up right behind that is uh, my violent heart. Yep. And that is by Pirate Robot Midget, which is actually a fan remix yeah. uh, that so, was posted on the Nine Inch Nails. Right. Remix. So when this album came out for the yeah, first this time, sounds like it could definitely be in a nightclub scene for uh, bad. Yeah. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. For, when this when this when this came out, uh, uh, Trent started doing the Ninda Remix website, yeah. which is he released the multi tracks, so anybody could remix them. And I don't know if it was a contest or if he just really liked this. He version. just really liked it, so he included this one on the on the I album. Mean, uh, how would you like to be that fan to be like, I'm on an official Halo? Yeah, that'd be fucking insane. Better name, yeah. Uh, seriously. Be, yeah, it's a terrible name. Um, I don't mind this remix. Um, it's not that good. Uh, it's not great. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's As not a, the worst at, remix on the album. No, no but no. I, uh, yeah. This one, I I'm neither here nor there there on. But um, anyways, moving right along. Uh, a band that has a special place in my heart is a Lady Tron remix. Oh, sure. The end. Lady Tron's and good. It, it sounds like a cover. It doesn't even sound like a remix to me. Right. Um, yeah, it's a com- the music's completely it different. Sounds like, it sounds like Lady Tron. It's bleep and bloopy, uh, and uh, it does sound, yeah, synth heavy. Um, but what they do with it, they're making up their own chord progression there. I mean, they're, they're staying in the same key, but they're making up their own riff. And it's really catchy. I, I think it's a cool remix. And they do I a like little, it. They do a little closer outro. Oh yeah! At the end, they do yeah. the dun yeah, dun the, clo- the closer it's... motif. So we agree. We like that one. Yeah. Um, survivalism. I like this remix of survivalism. So this one was also off of the survivalism uh, uh, single, right? Halo. It's uh, the tar dusted remix. Yeah. This, this yeah. one. Moving his vocals to the front, the I got my propaganda. Mm-hmm. I never really heard it in the original until I heard it yeah. on this, and then went back to the original and I could hear it. So, I, so my opinion is I actually find this one kind of muddy. Mm-hmm. Saul Williams did another survivalism one called the Opal Hearted version or whatever, which was on a promo only, but it was, but we've heard, we listened to it, it was on the files, and I actually like that one better. It's, it's, I don't know, the, it, 
it's more of a rap song, um, and it's all Saul Williams on that version. I think it's pretty cool. Um, some of the other uh, survivalism remixes you can find out there are um, the uh, the guy from TV on the radio. Uh, the so yeah, Dave Sitek does yeah, one. That's pretty good. That one's really cool. Like it's got, like, the chunky drums and, like, wall of sound guitars that's totally TV on the radio, and they open for them around this time, too. On yeah, tour but, um, at some it, point, right? It was during the With Teeth era. Oh, okay. Have you ever seen them yeah. live? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah it was odd there. So good. So yeah. good. And then uh, they got a little too clean cut for me as they went on, and I still like them, but their first two albums were just like that wall of sound, but with the beautiful vocals. I I, I, I really like those first two TV and yeah, radio. The third one's good. Dear Science yeah. is yeah, good. They never put one. anything yeah. bad out. No, 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 no. They never, never. Yeah. So, anyways, their version of, of Survivalism's great. Um,. Yeah. So the next remix is too. Oh my god. Drop the bomb. Is that G. the capital G one by yeah. Paul yeah. Epworth? Yeah. Uh, Epworth phones. Yeah, but Paul Epworth I had to look him up. I guess he's a British producer and he's just done no, a lot of different No thanks. Things. Less said yeah. the better. If there is any way to have a worse and it's version. Seven and a half minutes. If there's god. even a wor- a way to have a worse version of Capital G there uh, there is and it's on the vinyl version. And that is let me pull it up for you really quick. That is capital G. Do you have it there? Switch. The Switch oh, yeah. version oh, the Switch. is just yeah. goofball. <laughs> it is. It, it, maybe it's better because it's so goofy. Because there's like, it, I mean, it sounds like a kid made it on a like on a on pressing the demo button on a synthesizer. It is so silly. So Switch version of capital G. Uh, the next. Uh, I can't even decide which one's worse. The next is a Vessel remix uh, by Bill Lazo. Oh. And I have so much to say. Well. But Bill not, Haswell, I respect just because he's like a super funk weirdo kind of. Yeah, he, he's kind of worked with everybody. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of this remix, but I like that Bill Laswell is involved. What do you got to say about it, Eric? Yeah. So what? There's three versions of this remix. Glockenspiel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's three versions of this remix. There's the one that's on the CD, and then there's the mix one and mix two, which are both on the vinyl. Um and. I feel like they're all three from the same mix, and that's mix two, which Bill is... Bill like, Laswell actually used to play with uh, our president, Buckethead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's 13-minute version of this song, of the remix, which is the v- mix two. Um, and I feel like they cut it down into the different versions you can get of this. Um, I like the whole rem- the whole version. It sounds like a really extended, crazy electro jazz song. Um, I like Vessel anyways. Uh, so I think he took that and just made a journey out of it and I enjoy it not for everybody kind of funny to see them break the same song to three different ones um, there's a cool appendage at the end of it uh, where it kind of changes things and the drums get a little more heavy um, Black Shells loves using the word appendage they do they do so anyways Bill Laswell did some crazy shit with Vessel and I'm all for it uh, The Warning Real World Remix by Stefan Goodchild Oh yeah, featuring Dudu Nindier Rose. <laughs> oh, this is cool. Yeah, that's so. This is cool. So this a Dudu Dudao is a African drummer, like a recording artist, like world music recording mm-hmm. artist. And this is just cool because the other music I'm neither here nor there on, but the, when he just hits those big huge drum hits in this song, it just really is. Uh, it draws me in. Okay. So I, I, I kind of enjoy this remix. Uh, the next one is it "Meet Your Master" by The Faint. Uh, yeah. It's very faint, like this it particular is. the it stop is. stutter style. Yeah, dun, 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 yeah. Dun, dun. yeah. it's not bad. I, I think it's I think pretty catchy. I think the faint. We like I've I've had, I've owned some albums. Actually, no, okay, we've all worked in a record store. Yeah, you don't work in a record store between the years of two thousand and two thousand five right. without becoming a faint fan yeah. at one point in time. 
Yeah, I think. Mark, you agree that, with this? Oh, I agree. Yeah. Whole I, I think I'm a big fan. I still, I, I will go back. Uh, the first three records, maybe. Dance Macabre. Dance Macabre. Yeah. That other one, yeah. and then their uh, first Wet or something. Yeah, Wet from Birth. Which oh was yeah, the break birth. yeah. I love Wet from yeah. Birth. That album yeah. goes up. Yeah. Um, they're they're forever um, going to be compared to their influences. Yeah. I remember like Heather told me, "Oh, I hate them because they like basically rip off an entire." Uh, B movie song without giving them any credit, which is true. It's not they're not credited in the album at all, and they rip off an entire chorus. But anyways, hmm. they 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 live and die on their eighties their eighties influences. Um, but still, they're catchy as hell and they're fun to listen to. I don't have a problem with them. Yeah. So they do a great remix of Meet Your Master. It's it's fun. It they they really when when it hits that chorus, their drum hits really go with that. There's big, big blats that go on in that. I appreciate about that. Yeah, it's a fun one. It sounds very fainty. Yeah. Um, God Given by Stephen Morris and Gillian Gilbert. Uh, My note here says, ain't nobody got time for this shit. I quit going to raves when Bill Clinton was still president for a reason. This is a really ravey version. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. This one I found found unoffensive. I didn't think it was too ravey. Uh, I'm not into it. I mean, I think it's kind of boring, but I, it, it was more like minimalistic techno. Um, I'm sure there's a name for it that Joe Vieira will, you know, kick me in the dick for not remembering, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. this one doesn't offend me. Now, the next song was oh. offensively well, terrible. This is bad. This is the minutes. worst thing oh. I've ever fucking had to put myself through. Minutes. This is like if somebody took uh, that remix of Chainsaw, the Skinny Puppy album, and oh, yeah. made it uh, ten times as long. Oh my back. god! Boots, boots, boots. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it's just repetitive and bad. Fourteen fucking. Minutes. It doesn't even sound reminiscent. Either. No, I can't yeah. hear. There's any very melody. little that goes along with the original song. It's not an interesting. I mean, yeah, it's. We we're not going to give you any more time at Davis for fourteen minutes. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know who Olaf uh, Dreiger is, but with the Chronos Quartet and Enrique Gonzalez Mueller is a highlight. It actually, this reminds me of Rapture. The Bioshock game as well. Yeah. yeah, this is a cool... Kronos Quartet, I'm sure we brought them up when we talked about uh, Popoli himself's work. Yeah. He did oh, the, right, because he did the record for a dream. I'm always here yeah. for Kronos Quartet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll give them the time of day. Yeah. Uh, in this Twilight by Finesse. I don't know who Finesse is. I don't even remember listening to that. So these last two, I can't even... They both follow the structure of the original songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, not a lot to, not a lot to say there. Um and uh, as far as the vinyl yeah. versions goes, that we've talked about all those. Yeah, the only other difference was I believe there was one more remix of Capital G by Lady Tron. By Lady Tron, and it's really good, and it is really good. Yeah, yeah, it's very bouncy. Yeah, that's a good one. That, weird why that one keyboards. wasn't on the official album and that fucking Epworth Phone Six 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 Revolutions was, but I think that Lady Tron one was on the uh, the ten inch because it wasn't a full. Oh, okay, it's like yeah. A, it was a weird sizing of that okay. vinyl. And you, we talked about the Dave Siddick survivalism. Yeah, we did talk about that. Yeah, you know what I like about good. that one is it reminds me of that remix again back to the Requiem for a Dream Populate Itself guy whose name's escaping me right now. Clint Mansell. Clint Mansell. Yeah. His remix of What You Are and Don't yeah, You Know, you know you are. Yeah. His remix of Survivalism is kind of similar. Where yeah. Very similar structure. He just dumps a bunch of stuff on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that uh, leads us to we've covered a lot. This yeah, is the last time that I think an official remix album has come out, and thank God. Yeah, we yeah. don't need to do any more of those. Yeah. They're really... Disagree. This is a sad moment for me. <laughs> yeah. Is it really? 
I love the remix albums. I think Do you it's love fun. This one? Uh, I think I'm okay on this one. It's it doesn't feel like an Nine Inch Nails album because he doesn't do a single remix on here. Yeah, it's all other people. That being said, it it feels like a fully realized one more than anything else because that's what I'll give it. Even though I every like things, I like, thing, things, well, I like it, things falling apart quite yeah. a bit. This one has remix. It's it's basically the for the most part it's the same album each track remixed. As opposed to five versions of Starfucker. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Every yeah, it's every fragile. song remake. So I, I mean, I like it for that. I enjoyed listening to it. I think half of it's good and half of it's well, fourteen minutes of it's absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. So there, are, there are some minutes. real lows. Yeah. On this, um, there are a couple highs. <laughs> that is the definition of just Jack Offery yeah. in I'd my get, opinion. <laughs> I give this four four out of nine. Four out of nine. I'll give it three. I'm only a two on this one. I can't, like, as we were talking, only a handful of tracks really stand out for me. They don't stick with you. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, Brian, before he left, as he was leaving, he gave us his track uh, or his analysis of Year Zero, and he said... Two out of nine. Two out of nine for Year Zero. So you can blow up his Compared to other Nine Nails albums, but yes, you can blow them up. Um uh, he did mention he lives somewhere in Orangevale, so if you want to try to triangulate where yeah. that's at. There is one more remix he did from this era. Uh, Queen put out a, a re-release, and they did some remixes on it, and he re, uh, remixed uh, Tie Your Mother Down. And it's a very crazy remix. It's huh. very interesting, but it's worth checking out. I don't think it, I've ever heard that before. Yeah, check it out. He he did. He layers some. I put it on that. You guys didn't listen to that YouTube playlist I made for you. Anyway, I thought you I had most. Give me the link so I can link yeah. that in the show notes. I yeah, thought yeah. I had most of that stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. it's 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 a very choppy version of the song, but there's some really cool stuff he does with the drums on that. So I'll I'll send that out. So yeah, it's better than the Megadeth remix that everybody gave me shit for. No, I'm okay with the Megadeth remix. It's ridiculous, but so. Uh, <laughs> Last, yeah. but definitely not least, around this time, 2007, LP released his second solo album. Um, I'll Sleep When You're Dead. I'll Sleep When You're Dead. A fine record. Great record. Because the guy's mm-hmm. actually never put out anything bad. Yeah. I mean, um, the thing opens up with clips from Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me. Yes, it's awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, it had a song on it called Flyantology, which I think it's just all LP doing the music, but the chorus is Trent Reznor. Yep. And... Uh, it's all. It's a. It's a song about. There's no no atheists in a foxhole. When a, when a plane's yeah. going down, you might you know all of a sudden find God. Um, yeah. But Trent just sings the chorus. It's it fits really well. I think it's a great song. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it lines it. up with the whole um, the whole soldiers for God thing that is part of the the backstory to Year Zero. Yeah, also, it has so. a pretty wacky CGI video uh, with the of like flies being kamikaze pilots or something yeah. similar. <laughs> And also, you'll find a remix of that song in season four of Breaking Bad, when uh, that's the season where Jesse's having his breakdown in his house. Oh, right. And Brian right. Cranston comes to confront him. Oh, right. And in the background, one of the songs playing is a remix. Right. Uh, called, like, the Cassettes Never Die remix. Sure. Song or something. Sure. I'll have oh, to check that out. I haven't heard that song in years. It's a great song. Yeah, it's I, cool. I, I it's like not it. available on any of the streaming services, so you have to actually yeah. lay down some... Some money. Yeah. yeah. You gotta either I bought it when it came out, so I've got, I've got that bad look boy. Look it up on YouTube or um, dig into your crates. There was an interesting zero. I think, Eric, were you telling me that he's getting ready to re-release everything Yeah, online? he's re-releasing all of his solo stuff, so it so should, it should it, show up I actually up have stuff. to hand it to I, I adore that, man. And we've talked about him before because we talked about that remix he did, the Blade Runner remix of... Uh, only. Of Only. I like the fact that, I mean, I sometimes get exhausted by Run the Jewels, especially their fan base, but... Uh, Run the Jewels have not put out a bad album. No, yeah, and, and I, I, 
it's take, I like that he he didn't capitalize on, hey kids, here's my back catalog, you know, right, right off the bat. So. Yeah. Was yeah. that last year that they played Aftershock, Steve? Uh, Nine Inch Nails was on that bill. So. Same with Run the Jewels. I think so. Yeah. I remember yes. LP or Killer Mike yeah, that was posted a photo yeah. of them at uh, the Sacramento National yes. Airport with Trent Reznor. There's yeah. one last. I wouldn't little, mind if they collaborated more. I'm sure there's one last little. I'll call it a curio- curiosity. Zero sum. He remixed it for a Fringe promo. There you go. It was a commercial on TV. Um, he remixed the music and he redid the lyrics to tie into what was going on in that show at that time. In my opinion, Fringe's top five sci-fi shows of all time. It was it's good, very, very good. I never, I really not for uh, nothing against it. I never yeah. made time for it. Yeah, I think you'd love it. Yeah, and uh, it just it, it it works for that show because it's all about you know rea- what is reality and dimensions and di- war between dimensions and it's it's cool. It's a very cool show. Great cast, and it just was perfect that he redid that that song for that commercial. So the final season was like a completely different show. Yeah, it was, it was. very, it was just unexpected. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. So that's it for the year zero era. Yeah. Uh, yet again, we have another three hour episode and Mark's going to put it out as a three hour episode or two. That's how we do this now. Or two, two nineties. We'll see. I, I could probably trim this one down a little bit, yeah. but anyways, good luck. <laughs> but, uh, so next time we're going to talk about yeah. what ghost in the slip in the same episode. Yeah, so for Ghost, we're probably not going to do all 36 tracks. No, God, no. What we're going to have to do, we're going to have to give ourselves some homework and go through, kind of pick out some of our favorite tracks and kind of talk about yeah. them a little bit. We may have a guest call in yeah, for that Yeah, we'll have a guest segment. call in for Ghost, and we'll have a... And we'll hopefully we'll have another a live, guest, uh, for live guest for The Slip. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking about The Slip, because I know you guys are going meta. I guarantee both of you are going to say, that album was way better than I remember. Because that's what it happened to me. I uh, I was really impressed with it. Okay, I'm I think looking I just, forward to it. Some, sometimes when something's free, you tend to not give it as much. Uh, yeah. Well, everything's free now, but you know what I mean. Sure. You know, and it yeah. just uh, it, it turned out it's 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 a it's a work that deserves your full attention. Okay. So. Absolutely. Cool. Looking forward to it. Well, as always, uh, thank you very much for listening. Give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. Um, thank you for all your feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always appreciated, whether oh, it's positive or negative. We got um, yeah, pod underscore like underscore a underscore hole at Instagram. Yep. Uh, we've got pod like hole on Facebook, and you can try hitting us up on Twitter. We'll see you next time. 